Hey y'all, Matt here. Just wanted to give a brief couple notices before we get started. Um, this episode is not covering a specific game or series like we normally do. Uh, truth be told, we're just kind of spinning our wheels waiting for the console port of Stephanie to drop. Uh, so in the meantime, I figured why not just get together and have a more casual conversation about our favorite games that we've played so far this year. Uh, it was a lot of fun to record. We had multiple first-time people in the chat this time with Ian and Jim. Uh, we also had a lot more technical difficulties and disturbances than usual. Uh, I know Seth was having Discord and internet issues at the same time. I was having Discord issues, and for some reason, Colin was eating, which is a very classic move on Colin's part. Um, but yeah, you're going to hear a lot more Discord beeps and boops here and there. And uh, us pausing, trying to figure out if people are back in the chat or not. So uh, I hope that's not too much of a problem. It's still two and a half hours of dorks talking about video games in a very passionate way. So if that's what you're here for, I think you're going to be okay. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. of the Critical Diversions podcast. We're not doing a specific game today. We're just going to talk about cool games that we played in the last six months. It uh, doesn't have to be from this calendar year. Well, I'm sure there will be plenty of that. Um, other ground rules, I think uh, Ian and Hunter are allowed to talk about Zelda if they want to. <laughs> I think the rest of us should, uh, if you want to hear what we say, we had a three-hour podcast about it. Um so I am Matt Murray, Shy Guy City on Twitter. Uh, let me toss it over to Wilkins. What up? Big dogs only. I'm not going to say my, old, my normal spiel, but um, I'm online. But if you need to find me, don't. Okay. We'll keep that in mind. All right. We got newcomer Ian. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm Ian. I'm a coworker with Wilkins. And uh, I am not on the internet, so... This is it. <laughs> this is your first footprint on the internet. Uh, all right. And then exactly. Hunter. Right. <laughs> uh, what's up? I just uh, ran in 90 degree heat, so I've got nothing to say. Um, catch me outside. If need to find me. All right. Uh, we also have Guigi in the chat. I don't know if he's going to say anything. He's there. And then Seth. Hey, 
Hey, it's me. I'm back. I just got in from walking my dog in 90 degree heat. I, I do feel like there's always some sort of like aggro energy yeah. um, in these introductions. So I, I feel I feel like it's either, you know, it's either the shout out of big dogs only. It's the catch me outside. You know, it's it's that. But uh, two dollar hero uh, on the Internet. I am maybe the most online out of everybody here, which is not a point of pride for me. I assure you. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. What do we want to start with? I don't know. Do we just want to like go around and everyone brings up a game or like what? What I didn't think too much about the format of this. Um, did anyone? Maybe we should try to find a game to start the conversation off that multiple people, other people have played. Is that a good way to go, or should we go for something less people have played to have maybe a more interesting? I would be shocked if, unless there's some real obscure shit here that. There won't be too many games that only like one person has played. Um. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I um, you know, I like I made a list and I did kind of keep it to, uh, to games that like I that came out this year because <laughs> mm-hmm. I basically just looked at the Wikipedia entry of games for 2023 and said, oh yeah, I played that and that and that and um and that's that's essentially how I formulated my list. So. I'm down to start wherever y'all want to. All right. Seth, um, do you just want to go then? Sure. The The first game on my list, I'm I'm curious if anybody else here has played this. It's A Space for the Unbound, which uh, came out in January. Um, I love this game. Did anybody else play this? It is on my list, but yeah. Likewise. Yeah, same. Oh, man. It's so good. It's um, It's made by an Indonesian developer. Uh, named Mojiken Studio, who made uh, When the Past Was Around. Um, and um, it's it's just like, it's kind of like a, a night in the woods-ish, like walking left to right in a city, you know, sort of thing and discovering like plot points and things. But it's it's almost, it's got a little bit of like Psychonauts flavor to it as well, where you're, uh, they call it space diving. You're going inside of like people's minds and solving their emotional trauma and stuff. It's got a really great story, great characters, great pixel art, great music. Um, it's just a great game. Like I, I that's one of those that sticks with you, and it kind of kicked off my year with indie games in like a in a big bad way. I played a lot of like so far this year. Most of the enjoyment that I've had with video games has been in the in the indie world. So. It's kind of nice. Um, it's it's kind of nice to get something like that right out the gate. So yeah, y'all should play that. It's real good. It's been yeah, like I um, you and Eric were freaking out about it. Yeah, it, it's definitely high up my list. I actually haven't played that many indie games this year. I realized when I was going over my stuff, at least not as much as in years past. So it's been kind of weird for me. It's been a weirdly like big budget game year for me. Um, was that Hunter that was about to say something? Oh, well, I was just thinking of like uh like structurally how I I like I like games that have um an element of like there's a there's like a I guess for lack of a better way to put it like a like a meta setting uh and then like the game sees you kind of like uh dive into different like instanced yeah settings uh, I'm kind of a sucker for that. I'm a big Psychonauts fan. Um, I was actually a game that I was going to mention that I started like two days ago, so I don't have a ton to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, has a, a, a quality quite a bit like that. It's called The Bookwalker. 
anyone check that out on Game Pass? Mm-hmm. Came out this week, I think. But um, I'm not saying that I recommend it. I'm not far enough to say that I don't recommend it either. Uh, but the the concept is that you are uh, like a, a, a writer, um, and you've committed some atrocity that has like earned you a punishment from i guess like the government uh, that that's kind of unclear um some like agency has like put some like metaphysical like creative shackles on your character um that like impose writer's block on the character for like x amount of time i guess the usual sentence is like one to two years but your your player your sort of player character has it for 30 years and the only way to break the the shackles is to like infiltrate other people's works of fiction and like steal things from them okay and like provide the stolen uh like intellectual property to like who whoever i haven't gotten far enough to figure out who that is but uh it's a really narratively it like (laughs) immediately gripped me um and i'm willing to forgive a lot of jank for like narrative or atmospheric purposes but man i don't know if it's because i'm playing it on a controller it kind of so like when you're in the in the sort of like meta setting you're just in your apartment and you're being delivered like briefcases you open up the briefcase and there's like a book inside uh and a little um like a like a compartment to put whatever stolen item is being like asked of you to to acquire um once you get out of it once you like come back into the real world and in that setting you're in first person very like walking simulator for lack of a better word um or phrase or genre description uh there's not really a lot of gameplay elements there you just kind of like walk around and interact with objects and reach it um but when you're inside of the books, it is like an isometric third person perspective. And you have kind of this like stylized look where you look like you're kind of like made of stone, but there's also like kind of like a demonic quality to you. And you like interact with people uh, in like the the fictional uh, world, but the way that the movement works, and I'm playing on a controller because I was playing on, on, on Xbox, but I might try it on PC, because it almost feels like it was built for uh, click to move. Mm. Because like turning your character is extremely awkward in the in in the third person uh, perspective mm. uh, portions, and like you get hung up on corners. And it's one of those things where like I don't, I don't know maybe somebody knows what this is called mechanically, or like I guess technically like where pressing forward moves you forward relative to the. Dr- direction that you're facing like old resident evil oh, like, like tank, tank controls, controls? Yeah, yeah like kind of yeah. tank kind of tanky yeah um but i don't know how to describe the difference and i i wish i was like sitting next to my xbox so that i could like uh pull around with it and, and, and better describe it but it's kind of tanky but it seems like it's only tanky half the time like i i it almost, it almost seems like it's bugged and occasionally it functions with just like normal movement controls and occasionally it's operating with tank controls and it's just like feels really awkward and it's made it impossible for me to like 
progress without frustration, which is a bummer because on a narrative level, it's pretty fucking awesome. It sounds cool. What what was the name of it again? It sounds cool. The Bookwalker. I think there's a subtitle. It might be like Thief of Tales. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's on Game Pass. Yeah, I, I know For that. those uninitiated game, uh, non-Game Pass people, it's like 15 bucks. Cool. It sounds great. Yeah. Or unique, at least. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, it has like a weird, like, uh, cyberpunky, but like writing a book vibe. But yeah, go ahead, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring up something, and I kind of forgot about it until I looked at the 2023 uh, gaming year oh, yeah. and, and realized I have not played nearly as much as I thought I did and have spent a lot of my time in not the indie space. Um, other than, did anyone else here play the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes. I really wanted my to. My dude, yes. I have not got around to it, yeah. Let's go, baby. That's a that's a fun one. I think that's like in here that might be the most like two hour game that a two hour game has ever been of like sitting down playing something. I'm not like a Sonic junkie, despite what other people might say about me. Um, and it's I found that to be like it's free. It's fun. There's enough meat on the bone to keep you kind of going along, and the story is very funny. And and some of the references went a little bit over my head. Again, not somebody who's like as familiar with those characters as other people are. But if anyone's looking for something like quick, simple at this point, I think a lot of the other stuff I saw this year is like really big budget. You know, 100 hours, 80 hours, Diablo, Tears of the Kingdom, Street Fighter, Fire Emblem Engage. It's nice to have stuff that's just you can get to in one sitting and feel. And feel good about it, and get to enjoy it because it's it's got a just um, you know it's it's a little bit of gameplay that's sort of like Sonic overhead, but it's very very slight. And then the rest of the game is mainly dialogue as you're trying to figure out who killed Sonic the Hedgehog on a murder main tr- uh, murder mystery train. And it's for whose birth is it? Is it Sonic's birthday or is it Amy's? It's it's Amy's birthday, but they they released it as like an April Fool's Day thing that's right so i i loved it i had a great time with that game actually and like it's the kind of thing too like fan fiction is near and dear to my heart that game feels like fan fiction like it feels like a fan fiction writer wrote that game it's like the perfect fan fiction one shot scenario basically it's just like let's get all these characters onto a train obscure ass characters like that if you are not a sonic fan you're not i didn't know most of the characters in that game who doesn't know and vector the it was so rad <laughs> i like i love that you had a blaze yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes me happy and and like i um I'm I'm with you too, Wilk. Like I'm I'm the kind of person I'm like yeah, like Sonic the Hedgehog like mostly sucks. The only ones I like are Sonic Rush one and two, uh, Sonic Mania. You know, I, I like Sonic Front, and I end up listing off like six thing. Sonic games. <laughs> um, so I you know I guess I like it more than I give myself credit for. But it was like yeah, it was so fun. Two hours is the perfect length. Like it shouldn't be any longer than that. And, um, and it, you know, it completely earns that length. Yeah. That, that game was a lot of fun. I'm glad you brought that up. I completely spaced that. It wasn't on my list. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're good. I, I, I was going to say, I, I, I haven't played the game yet. I, I definitely intend to, and I don't want to retread anything that we've talked about here before, but I, I, I just like want to, I guess, reiterate that I think it's so cool that like you see 
Sega doing something with like what is definitely their like kind of flagship, like iconic yes. flagship uh, IP. That's uh, that kind of like off beat and yeah. strange and i just think that like as much of a nintendo fanboy as like all of us are uh or most of us uh I, I think we can all agree that like that's some shit that you would never see done with like a flagship yeah. nintendo character the murder just, of mario would never happen yeah that's would, never, would never in a million fucking years happen and i mean and i and i think that there why that we don't need to you think it's cool that there's like a, what is essentially like licensed fan fiction coming from Sega, um, who I, I guess is just at like a fuck it point with Sonic that they're just like whatever we'll take every risk. Like uh, because I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Sonic is I don't know like it's kind of the way that Seth was describing like yeah Sonic mostly sucks but I love fifteen of the games in the franchise. <laughs> I think that everyone. And no feels that way and i think we've talked about that a little bit before where like you're like yeah sonic's not a part of my like gaming identity and then you look back at all the sonic games you've played and enjoyed and you're like oh i guess it kind of is um and i think maybe it's because like i don't really know how to say what i'm trying to say right now but i guess it's kind of maybe because like mario for example, to be like a Mario fanboy or like a or like a Zelda fanboy, I think there's such a consistency to those franchises that you almost feel more comfortable making it a part of your like kind of like gaming identity to be like, yeah, I I, I like I'm fully behind this this thing. Um, whereas with Sonic, it's like there's always a but, uh, mm-hmm. and there are always like concessions that you have to make in the conversation about Sonic, and it ends up feeling like if you call yourself a Sonic fan, you kind of also have to be a Sonic apologist. And I think people want to avoid having to do that. And so it almost seems like most people that, that play games, honestly, outside of like a small, but fiercely fucking dedicated Sonic fandom, uh, feel that, feel that way about Sonic where it's like, it's almost like embarrassing. Yeah, I guess I do. I like Sonic. Um, and it, it almost feels like Sega feels the same way about it, which is why they're willing to take so many risks with that franchise or seemingly willing to take risks with that franchise. I think Sega in general is in a real interesting spot. Cause like, you know, my favorite Sega franchise growing up was streets of rage and streets of rage four put out a couple years ago is like the best beat em up ever made by like a large margin. Like it transcends the genre and it's just one of the best action games I've ever played period. And that was made by an indie studio. They're like here, Go ahead and take this beloved treasure thing and just go make this. Um, and they have Sonic Mania, which is like objectively the best Sonic game. I don't think there's much argument besides from yeah. like, people that yeah. like Sonic Adventure for some reason. Um, <laughs> hey, I I loved Sonic Adventure growing up. It it's not really worth <laughs> revisiting now. Um, no. Yeah, like that was a fan game, and then you have this, which is like this is a fan game, but it's also this super goofy lovingly done thing by like funny people on twitter that love sonic uh and yeah i I can't think of anything else like it. i guess the closest would be like dream daddy right but like that isn't that wasn't a an established ip that was its own thing uh and yeah that's (laughs) it's super cool um has anyone played dream daddy yeah I had a great it's time with great. it. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Song alone, yeah. yeah. The menu yeah, song, the theme song is it's incredible. Yeah, rips. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I thank you for reminding me that. That's definitely gonna get put in the uh, the the 
voice club here. I also was very curious to, not to completely take over here, I'm very curious to hear from the Zahn, since it's his first time in the chat, Ian with us. Ian, what did right. you bring? Yeah, so I think that the only game that I played that came out this year was the remake of Resident Evil 4. Um, but uh, I before that, I played a game that was released relatively recently, I think end of last year, uh, Signalis. Mm -hmm. I played that and absolutely loved it. I wasn't even really aware of it until Wilkins put it on my radar and he he formulated the perfect way to pitch it to me. He said it's like a uh, old school Resident Evil game uh, you know, updated for modern times. And yeah, I grabbed it and I, I played it all the way through like a couple of days and was blown away by it. I uh, really strongly recommend Signalis. Uh, this music is phenomenal. It's very like minimalistic. It almost makes you think of like an 80s, like John Carpenter kind of gritty industrial synth type music that um, it's kind of always there and it's um, a lot of it is very amelodic so there's a lot of very like things that are incorporated into the soundtrack which uh, you know kind of helps you um, get in touch with this sense of something's not quite right here. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that but yeah um, the Resident Evil 4 remake was kind of what I brought and I uh, I beaten it all the way through once and then like three quarters of the way through on the higher difficulty um and uh i love it i mean i think it's great i feel like remaking a game like resident evil 4 is sort of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't is when the rumors were first being circulated that they were doing it i thought well on the one hand that's the most exciting news that I could ever get video game wise. But on the other hand, I thought, why are they doing it? Cause they don't need to do that. It's a perfect game. Um, I think that it holds up very well to this day. I, I know a couple people who have, who did not play it back in the day who have played it now can't get around the fact that you can't move and shoot at the same time. That's a big hurdle for people who are playing it for the first time now. But I guess because I, used to it i never even thought of it in fact i think the game is very well uh, made around being rooted in place while you're shooting mm -hmm. so um you know i'll i'll always prefer the original resident evil 4 but having said that i definitely think that they made a lot of quality of life updates with the remake that it's very hard not to recommend the remake to somebody who's never played for um Having said that, I feel like in 10 years, people are still going to be talking about the original, not the remake, um, simply because it's so iconic and, you know, so so groundbreaking um, in all sorts of ways. But, yeah, I mean, I, I... There were a couple things that they removed from the remake that I was disappointed about, but, I mean, all things considered, I had no complaints i was very enthusiastic about the parry system maybe because i'm such a big sekiro fan Sekiro um, is my favorite from software game uh but you know i yeah i enjoyed it i had a blast um i don't know what you guys thought about it i know wilkins you said you're just now starting it or it's it's next on the list so um once okay. we 
it, uh, I played RE4 for the first time to completion this year, uh, along with every other. Well, the first my, this is I've had a, a kind of an RE year, so I've not played the remake yet. I know Murray yeah. has. I don't know if Seth or Hunter have. No, uh, I haven't played the remake. I played about half of it, and I didn't stop because I wasn't enjoying myself at all. I uh, I stopped because I have a completion problem, and I've been in severe video game commitment issues. Uh, uh, but I totally agree. Uh, fucking incredible. I, you have to wonder with things like this. Obviously, I think like remakes are a huge part of the video game dialogue right now, because it's you know, I, I think we've firmly entered an era and I mean, not that we haven't been here for a while, but like we've definitely firmly entered an era of like nostalgia worship. And I think for a while that expressed yeah. itself in like the the resurgence of like pixel art and 2D games and kind of I, I feel like big like AAA studios and, and, and large publishers were kind of like, how do we also capitalize on this without like making 2D pixel art metroidvanias? Or like old school platformers, and and I feel like kind of the answer is like it, it's remakes because it's clear that like particularly people in our generation are like willing to pay to more or less like relive the vibe of something that meant something to them as a as a kid or an adolescent. And there are a lot of ways to feel about it. I think, uh, but I mean, for the most part, I feel like RE4 remake to me definitely seems like from an integrity perspective one of the like better of the like big budget remakes in recent years um i feel like it 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 definitely just oozes love for what made re4 so great um but like makes it makes it clear that like they feel like it could maybe be updated to be more playable for like you know first timers or um you know like Maybe, yeah, just, like, capture an entirely new audience with something that I feel like captivated so many people in our generation back in 2004. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I really like it. I'm, I'm excited to play more of it. Um, I pl I'm playing on PS5, and I love all of the uses of the uh, controller, the DualSense, for it. not necessarily, like, DualSense-specific stuff, though there is some of that, too. Uh, but just how, like, all the comms come through the little, uh, speaker on the controller, um, and you can, like, feel the kind of pitter-patter of rain, like, in the, in the controller. It's very cool. Um, mm -hmm. but, yeah, fuck yeah, the game's great. I, did, I haven't played Signalis, um, there are so many games on, like, my list of things to play, and I'm kind of trying to knock them out right now. I, I, I like, I recently got a, uh, an... A series s uh mostly just to use as like a game pass box mm -hmm. um so i could play those games on my couch um and so i've been like i've installed pretty much every fucking game on game pass and and played around with it for more than for you know two or three minutes uh, in the last couple of days and i've also been revisiting a lot of like uh xbox live arcade games uh from like like circa like late aughts to like early 2010s and the game that i've like probably played the most lately is uh explosion man hell yeah 
anyone else play Explosion Man? I love those games. Dude. So That's a throwback. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that game came out in like 2009, like 8 or 9, maybe? Someone could fact check me. Something, uh, I'm not like sure. That. Yeah. Um, but, uh, wow. I just does, Has anyone not played the game or do, is not aware of the game? I've just not played it. I, I know what it is, uh, but I've not. I'm played. aware of it, but I have not played it. Summer of Arcade, right? That yeah. was like like one of the big. Yeah. That was a part of that big push mm-hmm. back then. On Very Xbox. big Summer of Arcade push. Yeah. So, you know, you play as like a little magma gremlin who's like running through a, at least in the first stages, like through like a science lab, presumably where he was like created, right? Yeah. Um, and like the primary mechanic. Uh, for anyone who's not totally aware, is that like you uh, press virtually any face button to create an explosion like on your body, and the explosion sends you flying, and it essentially functions as your jump, uh, but it also functions as your primary means of like dispatching foes. Um, and I feel like from a design philosophy perspective, I was thinking about this like that having your primary means of traversal and your primary means of like combat be the same thing is like from a design was right like you know in mario games you jump to jump and you also jump to get on top of enemies to, to, to hurt them or kill them and uh i just feel like this game is such a creative way to evolve on that simple design choice and i they just clearly had so much fun with it. Like, I'm a, I'm a sucker for good idle animations. We talked about this a little bit, I feel like, yeah. with Even the Ocean. Um, but that game has some incredible idle animations. And it's just, like, your little fiery guy will just, like, uh, train on, like, a pretend punching bag in the air. Or, like... Uh, pose like he's sneaking up on someone or like do jumping jacks or like m- making airplane noises and like moving his arms around like airplane wings and it's just like it's just a whole lot of fun uh, it's just pure fucking fun and I I noticed I don't want to like derail the conversation uh, too much and, and make it about something that it, that it isn't necessarily about but I think that like Xbox did something incredible with with the with the advent of achievements. I'm not like an achievement hound. I don't like go hunting to 100% games. I understand why people want to. I wish I cared about that actually because like it would give my like compulsive tendencies somewhere to focus, but like I just I don't know for whatever reason I'm not compelled to do that, but but I do think that like there are few pleasures that like hit the same way as like doing whatever like doing something cool in a video game and having the little like like sound happen and like the achievement pop up and i just i have like i don't know i have a love for just like i don't even care what it is i don't even care what i did just like having it pop up feels good for some reason i'm sure there's some dark uh psychological reason for that and like that's probably part of the design is like how do we make players feel rewarded for just doing what they would be doing anyway Just, just don't do it Right. Oh so, yeah. Just and I have. And I, yeah. <laughs> um, but like you know, I, I achievements are fun. And while I don't like base like any purchasing decisions off of like achievements or anything like that, I do think that I, I have a, I have a, 
uh, a soft spot for like creative and or funny achievements. And uh, this game, I just have like a fucking grin on my face the entire time I'm playing this game because of everything I just mentioned. But then I, I was like, uh, you can. There are scientists running around in the in the like laboratory setting at the beginning everywhere. And uh, if you explode next, they all run from you, and they all like act. If you go stand next to one and like don't, they they can't hurt you. Um, but if you go stand next to a scientist, uh, and just don't do anything, they'll like cower in fear. Um, and then you can press A to explode, and they'll just explode into most like comically ridiculous chunks, like literally like a T-bone steak like will steaks, fly out yeah. of their bodies, and like and uh, as well as like bones and all kinds of other shit, but. I killed X amount of scientists just because it's fun to blow shit up. And I got an achievement called Keep Them Out of Our Schools. And it <laughs> fucking killed me. I fucking Lord. lost it. That shit was so funny. And the description is, you know, kill X amount of scientists or whatever when you, like, open up the achievement. And it says, it says uh punish them for their filthy lies and i just really i couldn't fucking handle it it's like the most fun i've had with a video game in a while and it was like so a 10 minute stretch of time <laughs> but it was what great a good game um, that is yeah. misplosion man is on switch y'all should oh, play shit. It. Oh, really? shit, yeah i did not know that cool. um, yeah it's really good i do want to touch on well first of all let me go back real quick uh signalis is pretty high up my list of things i want to check out me too um, we we even Same. we talked about it for a games club thing um, I think it was even developed in the city oh, I live in, nice. Hamburg. Um, yeah, that game just oh, seems wow. fucking cool as hell. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm speaking not even. Of the oh, achievements. sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, speaking of achievements, real quick, all of the achievements are in German for that game. Oh, okay. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> but, like the, the, the names of the achievements sense. are all German words, uh -huh. which is pretty cool. German words sound real cool. I, like Final Fantasy loves having just random German words thrown in there because it sounds great. Um, but then, yeah, I also really quick want to talk about Resident Evil 4 Remake just because I think it did a lot of... It does that trick... Like, you know, when you play Shovel Knight for the first time and you're like, oh yeah, this looks like an NES game. But, like, if you haven't looked at an NES game in 20 years, like, yeah, it does... But when you play like Mario three, it's like, oh, this doesn't look nearly as good as it did in my memory or whatever. Um, yeah, RE four remake does that with RE four, but like, not only from a graphical perspective, but also from like a gameplay perspective of like, yeah, this feels like RE four to me. Like this is how I remember it. Like after I finished the remake, I loaded up RE four into my Switch, and I'm like, oh no like this actually plays pretty differently surprisingly it's not just the addition of like you can slightly strafe while aiming and shooting um because mm -hmm. it really that doesn't make that much of a difference it's funny like what a psychological thing that is for people because you really barely move at all yeah. um but that i just thought that was so neat because i've never seen that with like a 3d game per se especially from like a gameplay department of like yeah this plays the way you remember re4 playing when it was new um i the only real complaint i had with it um i kind of wish there were a couple more new weapons um what is there is mm -hmm. really good and then i know that uh a lot of people didn't like the the emphasis on on crafting ammo um i actually kind of did because yeah you could kind of then more play the game how you wanted to play um it also mm -hmm. Like, I love, yeah, the parry system is amazing. Uh, 
the first time in that trailer where they Leon was parrying a chainsaw with like a butter knife, like that's fantastic. That's the exact level of stupid yeah. I want out of this game. Um, so the parry mechanic is amazing, but then the fact that yeah, you have limited knives unless you get the unlimited use knife from being the game, however many times. Um, but that you can also to make new bolts, you need to use knives and. I found that like the, mm-hmm. the the bolts that had the mines attached were like the most useful thing in the game. So like it was a constant thing of like, right. oh, do I want to make more mines or do I want to have defense? Like that was that really like um, I don't know it 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 really represented how the original Resident Evil Four made me feel of like it, it gave me that anxiety, but in like a new way. Uh, I thought that was really neat. Oh, and I guess one other small complaint. Leon is not nearly as dumb in this as he was in Resident Evil 4, the original. I really wish he was more stupid. It feels like as you're playing, he gets dumber, which is good. But, like, like they give you the line. They give you the, the, where's everybody going? Bingo. Like, yeah, that's good. That's great. Bingo. Um, (laughs) But, like, I I wanted more. Like, I I wanted a bit more, like, like when he's talking to... to, yeah, schlock is yeah. a good, good term for like it. Like in the in the original, when he says the the big like the first line of Salazar, and he's like, "No thanks, bro." Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that. <laughs> like there is yeah. a there is still a little bit of it, but it's just like I mean, yeah, and he all like, "Hey, it's that dog." Like, yeah, that's great. Like they had to put it in, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was like the name of the trophy and stuff. Like, I'm glad it's in there, but it's just like I just wish he'd gone like a little bit further with it. But yeah, grand scheme of things, it's it's. Uh, that's a small complaint, and yeah, they they give you like everything you would want out of it. Like you can unlock the the knight armor for Ashley, and she's indestructible, and you can do all kinds of fun stuff with like she's luring enemies while wearing that. And uh, it's a really remarkable game. It doesn't, yeah, I agree with Ian that like in my memory, it's like I'm still probably going to mostly be thinking about the original, but I don't know if that's even the fault of the remake, just because I've played the the original like. 30 times or whatever, but it's a really good remake and right. uh, anyone that has any interests or you love the original, yeah, it's worth playing. Um, I would mostly really be curious to hear Wilkins' take on it since he just played through the original um, like, what, a couple months ago? Um, yeah, at this point, um, sorry, yeah, no, go, no, don't go want ahead. me to take off. I, I think the thing that, and like, something I wanted to touch on and like, my major, like, thesis of this whole, this whole day is like, coming to something that like this idea and i'm sure all of us have experienced this like there are these pillars in every form of media that are just like you have to do this you have to see you have to see the sopranos you gotta see this you gotta you gotta watch citizen kane you gotta play you know and re4 has always been one of those for me and i have tried i'm not exaggerating five different times as an adult to play re4 and i found the first part to be challenging and i've gotten over that and i I played the wii version i've played the h uh, an hd version i think on ps4 i played the and then i played the ps4 uh the the hd version on ps5 and it's really fun to come to something that i think you think is going to be a certain way and it not be that like so i think i had told myself i couldn't beat this or play like this and i'm not a good gamer i'm not somebody who tries to like challenge myself and i think i actively sort of sometimes enjoy experiences that aren't challenging for me so to get into something and to have beaten re2 remake re3 remake four seven and eight this year i feel really 
proud of myself in a weird way to like look at something like the Resident Evil franchise that seems kind of impenetrable for somebody who's never played any of them and not really have any regard for like the lore and just enjoying the games for what they are. Like the first game I beat, I happened to download eight earlier this year on a whim and kind of have this like, well, fuck it. Like, what, what am I doing? I don't have any other games to play. I think it was a month where I was taking off some time from drinking. So I just, I ran through it and I was like, oh, this is like not what I was expecting at all. And I thought it was almost underrated. Like I remember listening to like Next Lander and Fire Escape at the time kind of be like, whatever it's i mean it's good it's not you know it's not seven we loved seven and i was like oh like i i don't care about the story i don't care about anything other than like the way this plays this is really fun and there's a really big emphasis on shooting and i i thought you know i was expecting a lot more survival horror but um there's a really good review as after playing four there's a really good review online i can link it in here of somebody reviewing re4 the original re4 remake and this person kind of gets into this idea and without ranting too much is like the game you remember no longer exists because they have they have patched and made so many different versions like you can go back and buy the gamecube disc and and, and play that version but even then he was like he was expl- he was explaining stuff that i, I don't even mean it's like the knife damage has been buffed like seven times over in the various versions of the games and he's like he was listing these things that have changed and he's like the thing in your mind still exists but the the hd port isn't even the original game it still has differences and there's a there's a thing there that's really interesting to me about playing something and trying to you know I, I think a lot of gaming culture is all about purity and i think for me it's really interesting again to come to something like sonic or resident evil and and kind of not really have an opinion on everything and try to approach it with an open mind and trying to be more open about those experiences and not go through it with like i played zero then i played this and you know this chronological time there's just there's just so much stuff to unpack in both those series and just kind of coming to it and meeting them where they are and being like after playing eight and tackling a couple of the other games in a really wild order i can finally say that i'm like oh i'm a huge fan of this franchise and like really look forward to like playing any of the other games and 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 giving something a shot and kind of not telling myself to to back away from something and kind of putting myself out there and being like all right i'm gonna try this out it's it's like you know i think about it all the time and and matt and seth can attest to this of like you know i I get really monster hunters the next like one of those things where i oh i i own rise i played it for five minutes i always want to be playing those games and like they're super but it's daunting to me you know and i think souls games do the same thing there's these like you know again pillars of the of the community of, of these franchises that like or, you know, can be a little daunting for newcomers. Well, whenever you want to play Monster Hunter Rise, let me know. I've got 800 hours into that, and I'm itching to play that. more. <laughs> that's a, and that's what it kind of feels like, right? And and I think it's a thing is that, like, we all tell ourselves stories about, well, I'm not this kind of person, and I don't play stuff like that, or I do play stuff like that. And I found it really interesting to be like, what if I just actually play this? And rather than tell myself a story about the way I am, with gaming, what if I just do it? You know what I mean? A, a little bit. Yeah. It was a little bit of like an overcoming moment for me, and I, you know, I'm happy to have really played them because I think they're all kind of incredible. Everyone I've played, I'm kind of like, I really, really enjoy this, and this is a fantastic franchise, and I feel really kind of a little dumb for not coming to it sooner, but it's been a real joy this year, and that's kind of been like my main thing, I think, throughout 2023 thus far is like a lot less indie stuff. I've kind of haven't touched a lot of newer stuff, but I've really played a lot of Resident Evil. <laughs> Well, I, I think that's an interesting take, too, of, like, yeah, telling yourself or lying to yourself almost. Like, yeah, that game's not for me. I, I think any game can be for anyone. Obviously, some games are going to appeal to you more than any other. But it, it also comes back to, like, what Hunter was saying. To me, like, I love achievements and trophies. Like, I love yeah. that shit. But it's not even about, like, to me, it's also, like, 
I guess I'll bring up Streets of Rage 4 again. Like, I bought that on PlayStation and, and beat it, and I really liked it. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what, like, the trophies. Hey, Colin. What's up, Colin? Um, I wondered what the trophies would look like on um, on the PS5 version of Streets of Rage 4. And I'm like, oh, that looks doable. That looks doable. Oh, they want me to, like, S-rank everything in hard mode? That sounds really difficult. But then I just started doing it, and I started, like, learning the game. Um, not to turn this into Streets of Rage 4, but... Like, it just, it made me learn the game and, like, made me engage with the game on a way that I wouldn't have otherwise, and it it elevated that game for me. Final Fantasy VII Remake was another one where I beat the story of that, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. But then it was during COVID, and I was on furlough, and I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? Let's try hard mode. That game was incredible. One of my all-time favorites now. When I, I that first playthrough, I was ready to just kind of call it even bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really, I love achievements and trophies. Um, Colin, since you just joined, um, did you have any games you wanted to add or, uh, talk about right now? Or are you busy eating? Eating. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to you. Um, <laughs> um, I guess I'll quickly, um, kind of branching off of Wilk. Uh, I'm not the biggest Final Fantasy fan, um, and yet three games on my list right now are, are Final Fantasy. Um, I guess I'll talk about five Pixel Remaster real quick. Um, I'd been waiting to play five for a really long time. I never got the GBA version. I heard the PS1 version's garbage. Um, I'd been warned about it. Like, this is this is one of the worst ones. This is the Black Sheep, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Nope, it's the fucking best one by, like, a large margin, and it's because of how customizable it is. Um, like, I, I enjoyed 6 and 4, 7's great, 10 is amazing, but, like, none of them really allow you to, like, customize, and I've also learned that basically every Final Fantasy game, when you play it long enough, your whole party just, they all have the same abilities, and they all have the same uh, spells and everything. Um Final Fantasy V, I guess that's, if you play it for like 100 hours, you could also pull that off, but um, the job system in five is so far ahead of its time, I feel like it's better than a lot of job systems I've played in like way more recent games. Um, so as you level up a job, you unlock that ability to then slot it into another job in like a blank spot, so you can like make these hybrid classes. So like I had a samurai that was like... Um, a, f a friend of animals so I was like throwing squirrels and bees as a samurai and then I had um, like a, a, a geomancer that was also a bard it was there's not much more for me to say about it so I just figured I'd throw it out there but um, this is like a top three RPG for me at this point it's wow. fantastic it's super replayable because it's not super long and it's you could just do a completely different set of characters every single time. It feels almost like um like I don't know more of like a, a pen and paper RPG, but brought in, into video game form, where it's just like I'm going to go on this campaign and I'm going to make a cast of goofy characters and just have fun. Um, yeah, I would highly recommend Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster to anyone that likes uh, RPGs or. Honestly, I could probably recommend it to people that are kind of hesitant about getting into RPGs. It's 
super light, super good. Um, it made me want to play more Final Fantasies, and that's why there are multiple Final Fantasies on this list this year. But um, I guess we circled all the way around, I think. Do we want to, Seth, do you have another game you want to bring up? Yeah, sure. Uh, did anybody else play Hi-Fi Rush? Yeah, I'm not. I I loved it. I, I had such a good time with Hi-Fi Rush. I, like, it's one of those things where... A, yeah, it was a super, it was a huge surprise. They shadow dropped it during like an Xbox presentation or whatever, but it was also like such a breath of fresh air from what we like typically see from Xbox, I feel like. And a lot of people, um, <laughs> it, it actually kind of annoyed me that the, the discourse turned into, oh, this is like the new Jet Set Radio, which for anybody who doesn't know me, Jet Set Radio Future is like my second favorite game of all time. And playing this, it is super not like Jet Set Radio at all. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are like, yeah, it's like it's like Jet Set Radio meets Fooly Cooly, and it has basically nothing in common with any of those two things. Um, <laughs> other than the fact that the protagonist has a guitar and it is colorful. Um, so anybody who says that without playing the game, like, just don't. Um, it's it's really what it actually is, is it's like a combination of like Crypt of the Necrodancer meets like Devil May Cry. It is a level-based hack and slash with a, you know, a rhythm-based combat mechanic that I think works like way better than I ever expected it to. Um, and way more satisfying the way that they have made that sort of make sense in its framework. Um, yeah, the visual style of it is also incredible. Like it almost has a little bit of that, like into the spider verse energy, like that sort of like kind of the, the framiness of it even is kind of like reminds me of into the spider verse. And like, obviously it's colorful and pretty, but it also has like a little bit of like fun, like it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, uh, with murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Weirdly, it has a little bit of that fun, like fan energy as well. Like you can tell that the people who made it were like, dude, when you fight the final boss, I want a fucking nine inch nails song to play like at this moment. And like, that's exactly what happens. And like, there's a boss. I don't even watch Jojo and there is a boss that just is a living Jojo reference. Like it's so obvious even on the periphery of it. Um, and like, I just, you know, like I, I love all that stuff. And I think that even like little things, like how the game kind of has something to say, a little bit about like the protagonist is like a loser with a disability too. You know, like the protagonist has like an actual disability and the game kind of commentates on that. The reason he like joins up and puts himself in the situation is to get his arm back. Despite the fact that he was going to have to like work for this company for the rest of his life as like a garbage collector, he was willing to do it so that he could get his arm back and become like a rock star. Like he always I don't know if we're having technical issues. Uh, Seth? Is everything okay? <laughs> Normally his internet, I feel like, is like rock solid. Yeah. He's pretending. <laughs> I saw his eye move. He's trying. He's trying to get us. He sees the, what the group, what this group is about, and he knows that he, there's going to be a, a huge payoff here in a second. Seth is incredibly good at sitting still. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, I've got. I brought something else too. I not to. I think Seth <laughs> might be the only other person who brought it. So I don't know if we should wait 
for him to get back or maybe, maybe Hunter, do you have anything you wanted to talk about first? Uh, you know, um, I hate to say that and it's not because Hunter, will you repeat what you said? Yeah. You kind of like, you cut, you cut, you immediately cut out. I, I was, I was just saying that I, I, uh, I hate to say that I finished Zelda, and it's because I've just been playing Diablo. Um, and when I'm playing Diablo, I've been uh, just fucking around with Game Pass games. And truthfully, like, I, I, I don't know if anyone else is. I know that I think Matt's playing Diablo, right? Yeah, uh, Seth is also playing Diablo. If you ever okay, Seth. Yeah. I've also been playing it too. Okay, right on. Cool. Um, so. <laughs> I, I think from a launch, so I, I, my, uh, I guess like history with the Diablo franchise is like pretty, pretty on and off. I'm not like a hardcore fan necessarily, but I've definitely like played two and onward, uh, all the games a good amount. I, I feel like I tend to like hit like in-game activities and i'll do the like you know the, the gear grind for a minute until i get bored and then i'll fuck around with another class and then that's kind of where i end up with all the classes i never like end up just like truly optimizing my uh you know my my build to be like as good as it can possibly be uh i end up just kind of messing around until i stop having fun but i can kind of see that changing with this uh entry depending on the direction that they uh take the game in a, in a post-launch sense um because the core loop is so fucking good and i mean like that it it has been in, in in several of the entries um and i don't really know how to describe why this particular entry is like grabbing me in a way that like it's like thinking it's hooks into me in a way that like Diablo 3 didn't necessarily mm-hmm. um but it is and it's uh yeah it's great I, I I'm really enjoying my time with it um I've been playing Rogue I'm maybe planning on making a Druid because from like a class fantasy perspective those seem like the coolest classes um is anyone playing a Druid? Uh my wife is playing a Druid I think Colin's main character is a Druid yep I'm playing as well I think I'm around I think I'm almost level 40 um, oh, yeah. yeah, I haven't... I really like it. Yeah, I'm, like, level 41 on my Frost Sorceress. Hey, Seth, we're talking about Diablo, so you got back at the right time. Um, uh, I I don't know what it is about this game. It's, like, it's almost like a fucking, like, a, it's like a, a clicker, like an idle game. Like, that... Yeah. It's, it's cool. Like, I catch up on podcasts, and I'm... Okay, Seth's oh, oh, back. All right. Um, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what it is about the loop because I feel like every part of me that like everything I like about games like most of it is not present with Diablo but it's just like it's the satisfaction of the leveling the building of your character is really good and like yeah the 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 aesthetic and tone is also really good. Um Yeah. Yeah. I I wish I, Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you no, I I interrupt you. I mean, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. Like, I really like, like, I'm having a blast, um, despite myself, kind of. Um, it's a, I, 
me, Wilk, and Colin tried to play Diablo oh. 3 like a decade ago, or not a decade ago, but at least like six years ago, and we <laughs> played like one night, and it was just like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, what what is the point of this? It just didn't feel like satisfying or good to me. And I, yeah, I don't know what the difference is here beyond I like the aesthetic of four way more than three, but it's a neat game. Like I'm looking forward to just like playing it throughout the course of the year. Like if I'm bored with anything else, yeah, I'll just fire up Diablo for a couple hours. Honestly, part of the thing that I think makes a difference for me is playing it on the steam deck. And Mm. for like exactly the reason you're saying Murray that I it's just something I play like an hour of when I'm in bed like right before going to sleep and I don't I don't really have to like think at all when I'm playing it it's just like kill minions get yeah yeah (laughs) run around explore it's just kind of mindless but still fun it's just mindful enough to be engaging yeah. without like challenging you in any way. <laughs> and I think there's something to be said for like having a, uh, like it's like video game comfort food. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm very much in the mood for that because it kind of, I think uh, something you said, Matt, uh, I completely agree with is that like a, a lot of what I like about games is not present in Diablo. As you said, I, 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 I agree with that completely. Um, and I think that maybe, like, the way that likely all of us engage with video games um, can be exhausting. Um, yeah. You know, it can be exhausting to, like, to really pick the shit apart in the way that I think that we all have uh, a tendency to do or engage with it on, on, on a level that is, like, uh, that requires a lot of investment. And, uh, yeah, Diablo has been a great uh, sort of, like, default for me to still have something to click on uh but not like necessarily be engaged with in any way beyond that and i i think it's it's been kind of therapeutic um but likewise i i don't i don't have a lot to say about the game because i feel like without getting into specifics that are boring and don't belong on this particular like conversation belonging to this particular conversation um there's not really anything to say about the game like it just is what it is and yeah I, like and the, i like it the numbers yeah. go up and it's good like that's <laughs> that's um, yeah, that's that's yeah they get bigger range. sometimes they turn orange yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah. the one thing i'll say about it that i really like from a like a video game perspective is just how cool it looks like not just from like a technical visual perspective but also just from like Everything is like a diorama. Like, I love that kind of look, um, especially with, like, how detailed the graphics of this game are. Like, it, I don't know, it's That's, like I'm, I'm yeah, opening I up, agree. like, a dollhouse or something. It's crazy how detailed it is for how much you don't, or you, you don't actually need to pay attention to the details. Like, most of the time you're just looking at your character and the enemies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at your map, clicking where you need to go to get closer to the objective point. <laughs> and every, I feel like every, like, 15, 20 minutes when I'm playing, I'll, like, stop for a second and look at some of the stuff in the background. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is actually really cool looking. Yeah, like this game, and I, I, I bet on a Steam Deck, like on a handheld, it probably looks in- even more incredible. Like, yeah, I'm playing on our, you know, 40-inch TV or whatever, and like, damn, like, this is one of the best-looking games I've played recently. 
You know, I uh, I have it installed on my... So I've been playing on PC. I have it installed on my Xbox. Um, I did not buy the game twice. I, I want to make specific mention of that because that would be ridiculous in this particular case. But... Uh, <laughs> My a friend of mine who is signed in on my Xbox uh, owns it, and whenever he's not playing, I I I've messed around with my Xbox a little bit, and I I it's almost like I I wish I didn't know how good it felt to click the button because I want to be sitting down and like kicking back and relaxing on my couch and playing this game because it's kind of perfect for that. Um, but I like. Part of the satisfaction of it for me is that I want to like break my fucking mouse, like <laughs> with clicks. I just want I like it that it's it's sick. Honestly, it's disgusting. It's like I I just sit there and like my whole right arm tenses and I just fucking click 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 click, click and, and that's part of, that's like what I want and I and I wish and I wish I could shake that. It feels like a problem. Um, but like my partner who doesn't really play a lot of video games, um. Didn't really know anything about Diablo. Funny enough, her dad plays Diablo. We haven't played together yet, but I plan on doing it. Uh, but she was like, all right, I've heard you talk about it. I've heard my dad talk about it. She came and stood next to me while I was sitting at my desk and playing it. And I don't have uh, speakers for my computer. I just use a headset. Uh-huh. Um, and so she couldn't hear anything. So she was, in, like, she was just looking and listening to the sound of me clicking my mouse. And she was like, what the fuck is this game? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm killing the demons. She was, like, she was like, how many times do you have to click to kill the demon? I was like, oh, you don't stop clicking. That's the game. The game is clicking. Like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here to. And she was like, this is fucking stupid. I'm, I'm not going to laugh at you anymore. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, it's not, it is. <laughs> but that's bad, but that's what, you know, that is, it is what it looks like. I mean, I just I wish that I could play it on a controller and feel satisfied, but I'm addicted to clicking. I mean, yeah, that that's partially why I described it as like a clicker. Like it, it genuinely, like Colin said, it's like cookie clicker. Like it, if I were playing, it is, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I will also yeah. say I've barely played any multiplayer. I played a little bit of the beta with Seth, um, and then the other day I hopped on to help Colin at like five in the morning my time to kill a boss that he was having a problem with and. It was, you know, I'm high enough level now to where I have, like, a, a pretty cool build going on, or at least I think so. It's probably garbage, but um, the way, like, I don't know, even just with two people, it felt so good of, like, because Colin's playing Druid, so I'm freezing everything with my Frost Sorceress, and then he's, like, pulverizing and slamming into him. It, I don't know, everything really clicked, and I was like, damn, I really want to play this, like, multiplayer more, but with time zone differences, it's probably just not going to happen that much. Um, it felt yeah. way more dynamic. Yes, like yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't just doing. You were the reacting kind of to the things each of us were doing, right? Um, but yeah, that was super cool. Um, I know Seth was having issues. Is, is he on his phone? Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. I'm on my phone now. <laughs> I don't know if it sounds like garbage or what, but yeah, I my <laughs> like my Discord app on my PC died. Then I restarted my PC, rejoined y'all. Then my internet died. <laughs> And I'm currently resetting my my modem, and um, yeah, I fear that I am the next to die. Uh, so this might be the last podcast I ever record. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm with y'all. Well, first of all, yeah, sorry, Hi-Fi Rush is good. Everybody should play Hi-Fi Rush. Um, 
Also, uh, Diablo, yeah, I was, like, really excited for that game uh, before it came out, and I was way into it. In the first, like, week or two, I put, like, 40-something hours into it, just in that, that, like, little span of time. But I fell off it because, like, I don't... It's not really, like, my vibe right now in terms of, like, what I'm kind of looking for, like... um, aesthetically or tonally i guess like i kind of want something that's just silly or happy like i've been playing ooblets like this past week a lot and like Ooh. we love katamari and ooblets is fucking like, good yeah it's so good but but like i'm kind of looking for something like that and i think that more than anything is pushing me away from diablo because i think in many ways like it is the it is the best version of that thing that possibly exists like it is like the ultimate dopamine you know but it, but it's also junk food like there's not a lot of substance there mm-hmm. if i wanted to be hoity-toity and if, if i wanted to overanalyze the narrative like i do with everything i could come in here and say like oh yeah it's has something to say about divorce you know and stuff like that which i think it kind of does which is sort of interesting but um it's it's also you know, like, you're not really playing it for that. Like, you're playing it just to see numbers go up, and that's fine, but, you know, it's also kind of not, like, I kind of need a little bit more than that, I feel like, in this uh, in this season of my life. I also am playing way less multiplayer than I thought I would, too, to your point, Matt. Like, I, I played a lot of multiplayer um, the first couple of days, but since then, I've played zero multiplayer. It's been all single player and that kind of sucks too yeah um and i i kind of like all of my friends who play it are either not free at the times that i'm free or they're doing other things like even if if we are like if i am free and i see a friend play i'm like hey like what's up oh yeah sorry we're off doing this other thing and then i gotta go it's like well damn so yeah i just i i'm in the same boat i haven't played much multiplayer like post full release well you know sorry go ahead Oh, I just was going to say that I've also mostly played solo and, and kind of had a similar uh, experience to what uh, Matt and Colin described, where, like, you play multiplayer, you're like, wow, this, like, there is something about this that's, like, really clicking in a way that it doesn't solo, and I want to play the game multiplayer more, but I, I Seth, Seth, to your point, I feel like I don't know enough people playing the game casually. So if anybody wants right. to casually play Diablo with no stress, then let's do it, uh, provided schedules line up, because the, the people that I know that are playing this game are, like, fucking tweakers, and <laughs> if I'm not, like, if I'm not, like, uh, you know, shifting the bottom line for them, then, like, it's just, they're just like, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm doing, like, I'm pushing tier... Uh, sixty-five nightmare dungeons. I'm like, cool. I men maxing. Yeah, I just like, (laughs) and I and I totally understand that that's a huge part of the appeal of the game for some people. And like, I don't fault anyone for that. But when I started playing, I was like, oh, this is a nice and fun time. And then everyone just like sweat too hard about it. And now I just like feel like I don't have enough people playing in the same way that I want to play, which is like, let's basically just hang out in Discord, but also we're clicking. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, I can set up a channel in here if people want to try and connect. Also, I mean, again, me being six or seven hours ahead of everyone here, it doesn't often work out, but Seth, if you ever want to play Diablo, just message me. Either me or my wife can hop on. It probably wouldn't be an issue. (laughs) 
Well, I, I do need to gear check y'all first. I do need to make sure. <laughs> Send in your applications. To he said it. The... He said it, baby. <laughs> wow, dude! I didn't know this was, it was going down today in here. I, I, I um, the, if, if people are getting into it, it's three was so off-putting to me. But yeah. I think it was like where we were at the time when the three of us played. We were all like coming off of a PUBG uh, high, a PUBG, and we were. Yeah. We were we were like mad into PUBG and we wanted something else to play together and the three of us were like this is so I think Colin played more than I did I went out and bought it and I think I came I home and installed like it I played I think for two hours yeah. when we played it that one night and then I, was, I never touched, I never it, touched again. it again yeah. one of my favorite things to do is to buy a video, go out to buy a video game to then you know again it's a great story now but like looking back I'm like oh shit but Diablo seems like something I would uh, enjoy but I'm in that like perfect place of being like i want this am i gonna like this i downloaded the demo i didn't play the demo but i watched the opening cutscene. he's basically playing <laughs> yeah so I'm, <laughs> I'm ready i'm ready um i mean yeah, playing like I said, it and not playing it they're they're weirdly similar honestly it's the same thing you're you've played it it's it, it basically you're watching stuff blow up and pressing X, or you're watching a cutscene. Like that, it's basically what it is. Um, Ian, I know you said you mostly only played Signalis and RE4 remake recently, but was there anything else you wanted to right. throw in here? Um, I don't think so. No, I haven't played Diablo Four yet. Um, it's funny; the only Diablo games I've played are the original and three. I missed out on two somehow. I know that's the one that everybody talks about. That's that's but, the um, coolest thing. Like I was like, I feel like two is yeah. like a really formative thing for me. So that's really interesting to hear yes. that you missed two. I missed two. I loved one, and uh, I had a good time with three. Um, I kind of came to it a little bit late, uh, but um, I just played it like very casually. Um, I enjoyed it. I uh, definitely think one is better. I thought one had like a better art style. The environments were darker and creepier, and three felt kind of like a different different series in a way because the tone was so different it but felt like i thought it was fun it felt like the world of warcraftification of diablo to right yeah based on the time yeah. i understand why but yeah i didn't wasn't a huge fan all right i think we got real seth back i'm full i'm fully back now he's back uh, let him in let him I, in i feel um Sorry, is there anything, Colin? Not to take over. I was like, Colin, have you got? Have you played anything else? I feel like somebody was about to talk about Final Fantasy sixteen uh, at some point. No, I was gonna ask if you guys had talked about that yet. No, I was waiting to see if you come. We're waiting for you, big like, dog. I need someone's help <laughs> in describing this fucking video game. Um, let's go. Camera on, baby. I, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, I don't know. I feel like. Murray and I were have been talking a lot about this the past mm -hmm. week or two where <laughs> there are there are, there are for sure issues with the game and yeah. things that I would change but I think the high points and the fun things about it really just overshadow any low points for me um and I also like I don't know I we we're going back and forth about the whole, like, is this a Final Fantasy game mm -hmm. discourse that a lot of people are having? And mm -hmm. I think that's something that doesn't really bother me with it, too. So I've been having a 
great time with the story and the gameplay and everything. And truly, the boss battles in the game are maybe some of the best in anything I've ever played. They And it just keeps upping the ante. And I'm only like... I think I just hit about halfway through the game, and I'm not even to the points that people are saying are the best boss battles in the game. So I cannot wait to see where it goes. <laughs> Whenever my wife is watching me play the game, and I'm fighting one of like the major bosses where you transform into Ifrit, um, she's like, "What the fuck is the final boss going to look like? Like what? <laughs> because it like truly the last major boss fight I did as Ifrit without going to like spoilers or whatever." Like, it straight up is Dragon Ball Z choreography. Like, I'm not saying it's referencing Dragon Ball Z. I'm saying, like, like you're you're uh, building, like, a fire uh, spirit spirit bomb while the other dude's punching you and you're still, like, holding your hand in the air and, and building up the spirit energy ball and then dropping it on him. And there's, there, what do you call that in Dragon Ball? Like, a beam struggle or whatever. Um, it's insane. Uh, and, and yet, like, I... Honestly, I mostly just like the the Clive combat so much because it's straight up. It's not. It's not like Devil May Cry. It is straight up. This is a Devil May Cry game, but with way more cutscenes. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels bad because of that. In terms of like, sometimes I just want to get in here and play the game. But I guess if I do really want to do that, I can just go into the arcade mode and replay a, an action stage if I really want to do that. But, yeah, overall, this game is, like, way better than I ever expected it to be. Um, and, you know, all the complaints with the stories that I... Or with the story that I've seen is that it falls off a cliff in the back chunk or whatever, which I haven't made it that far yet. I love the story so far. I think it's very engaging, like, way more than just about any other Final Fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's super well-written. Yeah. And... Uh, I also think we kind of talked about this a little bit where I think a lot of people saying it's way darker than other Final Fantasy games, which is true, but I think a lot of that is because this game is not leaving stuff implicit. Like, it's it's showing you all the stuff that happens in other Final Fantasy games, but in the right. background. Right. That you just are told about. Or like but in they here represent... it's showing you see cutscenes of everything happening, all the like terrible shit happening. So it it certainly feels a lot darker. Right. Like they couldn't represent decapitations on the Super Nintendo. I mean I guess they could, but it would look very goofy and whatever like Mortal Kombat but with little baby sprites. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess there's not that much to say about it yet, just because, yeah, we haven't finished it, but I, I like it way more than I thought I would. I kind of, I pre-ordered it based off of, like, I was feeling so good about Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster. I'm just like, yeah, give me this new Final Fantasy. I want to play through, like, all the Final Fantasies this year. Probably not going to do that, but that's what I was feeling at the time. Um, and then, yeah, Colin has just been hyped about it for years, and every time I saw a trailer... It made me feel like an old man. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. It's just colors, basically. Um, but it turns out <laughs> Things that's, exploding. Yeah. Like, things exploding and, like, people saying anime dialogue or whatever. Um, but turns out that's great. It, when you're actually playing the game, like, it all makes sense and whatever. Um, it's a really great game. 
I don't know how I'm going to land on it overall. I will say the combat, again, I know there's like a new game plus that's harder and then a Final Fantasy mode that's apparently even harder. So far, it hasn't been like a challenge basically at all. Um, but I guess that's okay. Like if you really want that, I guess just play Devil May Cry 5, which is also great. Um, but yeah, it's it's this, it occupies this very weird space of like, hey, do you want a character action game? But also there's a fuck ton of cutscenes, and and also it's not that hard, and it's kind of more approachable, but kind of not, because it's so, f- like, fast-paced or whatever. It's weird. It's a very weird game, and I don't think I want 17 to be like this at all, but I'm really enjoying 16, like, a lot. I, yeah, I agree with that, where I love this for what it is, but I, if I had to choose, I would like to see it, you know, try it some other things in the future, but I love this for what it is. I also think it's a game where a lot of people's negative reception of it are really just based on what people's expectations of it were yeah. coming in. Um, Not that there's not like issues with it right. and stuff. Cause oh, yeah. a lot of the RPG elements are, you could honestly just take out the RPG elements and nothing would change at all. Like right. the weapon upgrades and accessories, like they hand them to you just on such a like regular basis that it doesn't feel like you're <laughs> exploring like to find things anywhere. It's just it's just crafting materials really. Right. And um, also we need to say that the the side quests are like it's like garbage like PS2 like hey, go to this place and pick up a thing and then go back and give the thing. Or maybe sometimes you'll fight a thing and then you got to walk back and and give the thing to the person. Like, it, it's very bad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you'll also... They at least usually are pretty quick. Yeah, they... Yeah, and oh. with all... There's frequent warp points and stuff, so you're never having to engage with it too long. But then on the flip side, you have, like, the, the hunt board where, like, these hard mini-bosses are hidden in the world and, like, a lot of the design philosophy kind of starts to, to click for me with that hunt board of like, oh, they're only giving you a general location like west of this point, and I have to actually look at my map and figure out where it is, and then you get a really cool, harder fight from it, and then you get unique materials from it, and that I really, really like a lot, but like, yeah, everything else with the side quest is like straight up like comically bad to the point where it's like, yeah, you could have just removed this. It feels like it's literally just here to like pad out the length. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, as, as a as a um, very much a Final Fantasy casual, does anyone who's maybe more into the series think that like something Colin said earlier? It's interesting, and is it honestly is discourse that happens uh, with Final Fantasy games? Like I feel like all the time, like uh, and you know I'm not like deep in the community, but like every single game, people are like, this isn't even Final Fantasy. But like, doesn't that mean that like Final Fantasy is just whatever the hell they want it to be because they've changed the like fundamentals. Yeah. I feel like of this series so many times that yeah. like that's honestly I think one of the points of the series is that there is right. very very little like connecting threads. Because yeah. I was talking to Marie about this too, where I think when the like the PS One games were coming out and when thirteen came out, like there was a lot of the same stuff then being like this isn't this isn't like final fantasy that's totally different and um 
I I remember people being pissed when 13 came out because mm -hmm. it was yeah. so linear and they were yeah. like this is not this is not like a Final Fantasy game. This <clears throat> this game sucks. There and was right, yeah. Now I think people are starting to come around a little bit on 13 and saying it and now people are saying that uh 16 isn't Final Fantasy, but it has one of the most like Final Fantasy stories of any of the games like it feels everything about the story just feels a hundred percent final fantasy well i mean sid's in it that's yeah, enough that's for true. me that's that, that's in, it that's and, it and it's a game not, he's not like a big titty mechanic lady in this one so that's a yeah. big improvement he's yeah. like he's honestly they did maybe do like that, the they? central <laughs> character yeah he's also yeah, like the, the best written character like uh, and also, like, kind of like where a lot of the comic relief is coming from. Uh, I will say about the story real quick too. It's really cool how, uh, like, in so many of the like NES and SNES Final Fantasies, like you're protecting the crystals or failing to protect the crystals, and this like, no, we're like it. We're kind of like Final Fantasy VII, like eco terrorists, and we're blowing up the crystals to save the environment, kind of thing. Uh, it's just a cool subversion of like, uh, like. Like, we're the ones destroying it. I know that sounds basic or whatever, but it's like, oh, yeah, they've never really done that before, besides Seven, I guess. Um, also, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, also, about one of the things you brought up that people have been saying about the story falling off a cliff and the last part of it, like, I'm only halfway through the game right now, but I feel like I already know what's coming in terms of that, like with the final villain. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I mean, I, I'll see when I get there. But I also feel like a lot of Final Fantasy games kind of do that, like right towards the end, where it becomes suddenly about some like god creature. God's coming that's for gonna sure. destroy the world. <laughs> and I'm like, I, people are complaining about that. And I'm like, well, that this is what they all do. Are for the course for Final Fantasy. That's what usually happens. I mean, nine is notorious for that, where you're like, "This is the big bad." Then you're like, "Oh, I guess this is just this is you know you're fighting time or whatever at the end of it." And you're like, "Okay, this is really weird and chaotic." I I think the Final Fantasy discourse is interesting because I Gene Park, who wrote it, who writes for the Washington Post, um, was kind of getting torn to shreds for his review and some comments about the story and having issues with it. And the, the discourse about this game has gotten maybe even crazier than the game. It's like talking about the game itself. It's just now about what's final fantasy 16 and, or what isn't. And the thing that's interesting is I remember even 10, I think from what Gene said online was like, this has been happening since yeah. 10 and probably even before then in seven had the same thing when it moved over to PS one, where I think, so every couple of years, this is going, this is going to happen. I feel like it's become the new Zelda cycle, the new Sonic cycle. This isn't good. No one likes this game. Fuck that game. I mean, it's like, Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess. Uh, I'm Sonic Frontiers has already gone through this already once. I mean, it's interesting to watch franchises that are beloved. Like, you can't win with everybody no matter what. Right. And that's just the ongoing thing. People have hold things to such a standard that's just unbelievable. Even for, like, this, again, the stories that people tell themselves were like, no, this is the definitive game. It's like, the, the people who make these games don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And, like, what's the point? I think... To get into like my favorite series or one of my favorite series, Paper Mario, you know, people have been bemoaning there not being a quote unquote traditional Paper Mario. There's more non traditional Paper Marios than there are traditional Paper Marios at this point. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, and Origami King, do I agree that if it had a 
battle system like the first two Paper Marios, would that game be like one of the best games ever made as opposed to just a really good game? Yeah, I do. Yes, but 100%. But it's not that. <laughs> and what it is, is still pretty damn good. And that's fine. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. Like, yeah, yeah they tried something else that. like that. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's unique. And that's the thing I think about all these franchises we're talking about is that, like your favorite could be any one of the games. And that's, there's, like a, there's an argument for it. I know we talked about that with Zelda. I know we talked about that with Final Fantasy. And I think there's a lot of that kind of happening here of just like talking about stuff becomes so difficult when people feel so passionately and like some of it just feels like fodder. Like, and I think beforehand it maybe felt a little bit more relaxed where now in 2023, everything feels a little bit too aggressive and hyper where people are like, you don't understand, man, this isn't the game. They got to, it's like, who relax? Like, you know, whether or not it is or isn't is like, an, I think an interesting conversation threatening people and people saying they don't like the story is, that's what happens. Somebody criticizing something does not mean that they hate it. Like right. we should be critical of things we enjoy and we, we like. That's kind of the thesis of this whole podcast and this whole community is. Yeah. Um, I did have another one that I really liked and I think post tears of the kingdom, I've been kind of struggling with gaming right now and kind of going through a little bit of a, a cycle of like tears of the kingdom is you know, we've waited for so long and anytime there's a new Zelda game, it's really like, it's a major event. And I feel like we've gotten, you know, between this and Final Fantasy, we've gotten a new Street Fighter. There's some really huge franchises that have core releases this year and Diablo as well. Um, I picked up Dredge on a whim on like a Thursday afternoon and then was done with it by Sunday. And I haven't had that happen to me in a while where I was like, it it has the steam world dig two thing of like get some stuff limited inventory management come back sell it get better stuff go back out do it again and man i think dredge is probably gonna be in like my top five top 10 this year depending on where the rest of the year ends up i guess come october we'll have a lot of different things to talk about maybe that'll be um a whole different thing just between mario and spider-man and what else is out that same week oh sonic the new Sonic is out that week, but yeah, I don't know if anyone else Noted played Dredge. Sonic but... super fan, yeah, <laughs> the biggest Reporting Sonic in. fan I know. You know, it, this started as a joke, but like you keep bringing up Sonic, like it. You no, are I'm the not biggest joking Sonic when fan. I say he's the number one Sonic no, fan he, I know. He, he at this point, he is the biggest Sonic fan I know. <laughs> I really have only played like two of the games. <laughs> Like I don't, and I'm. This is not a joke. The only yeah, Sonic more games, than most people. That's true. The only Sonic games I've beaten are Sonic Frontiers and the mur- Murder by the the Murder Sonic game. So I've only played really modern Sonic, and have I have tried to play Mania and I've tried to play the classics. I do not. Um, they're not resonating with me now. Doesn't mean they won't eventually. But um, the Sonic thing is more. I'm really fascinated by the people slightly younger than us who are obsessed with it, mainly YouTube uh, essayers, video essayers talking about their burning love and passion for what I what seems to be objectively bad games. And then <laughs> yeah. going through this is like a cycle that I've become like, like King K in particular is somebody who have like seen every defense of his, like the fact that he more or less, I would say 
Sonic Frontiers ruined yeah, him on the he franchise. Had like a fucking like breakdown over Sonic yes. Frontiers when most Incredible. everyone else like, liked, I liked it. it. Yeah, yeah, I did too. No, I, I did too. But like, I don't have the again. I don't have the stake. There's no. There's yeah. no like I, the balls in their court. I, for me, I'm just showing up to hang out, and everyone's going. You don't understand. This ruined it for us. I think that's fascinating. I think yeah. that if anything is taking you away from something to the point yeah. where he said he may never play another game again. I I feel bad for him. Because he's made a video defending, sh- I think the Shadow game, which is insane. But again, like, like, dude, like if if Mario Wonder doesn't hit, y'all need to check on me. Like, if that yeah. game is bad, you should literally check on me. I, I your you, your essay will be incredible when <laughs> the, the three hour part. It's I'm also, no longer a Mario it's fan. Also serve as your obituary, and, yeah. and, and and maybe it's maybe it's not healthy to think like that there's no way that could happen, but I don't think there's any way that could happen. Like, I think we're really, I wonder, I gotta feel like it's like, it would blow my fucking mind if it weren't at least great. Yeah. I'm, it would be pretty it's shocking. Great, it's great. Good enough for Mario. Um, before we get too <laughs> off topic, did, did you want to get back Wait. to dredge? Yeah, well, let's get back to dredge. <laughs> I, I want to say if anyone else, I think Seth has played it. Dredge. I again, know I need to, I, I want I, I to think it's on my list. It's, this is, if there's anything to take away from what we're talking about here. And I kind of wanted that this to be that for me is like it, not imploring people. I don't know. It's not even the ocean. I think dredge is going to fly under a bunch of people's radars. I think for $25 for what I got out of it, I think it's got some incredible art. I think it's really some really, really unique mechanics. I think it does a really good thing of being like a little terrifying and a little about the ocean. And you get, I, I like a lot of what it's doing and I didn't really have any major issues with it. I think it's, it's definitely, um, I guess the bigger releases this year have kind of over, uh, you know, eclipsed it. I think it's definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah, I, it's it's gonna be in on a list somewhere for me. Um, just to have like a, a really nice reprieve, and and sometimes I need you know lizard brain upgrade boat, go back out catch fish upgrade boat cycle is uh yeah. it, it's it's got a really it's got a really good hook. The I, loop is satisfying, and I, I something that I wonder, Wilkins, do you are you an, a Lovecraft fan? Do you like H.P. Lovecraft? Uh, no, not at all. So I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. But- But adaptations, but it very much seems inspired by, if not not ripping off, but very much a uh, homage. Yeah. So the game is pitched as a Lovecraftian, uh, like kind of horror themed uh, fishing game, and I think it personally, and I like the game a lot, and I, I actually uh, surprised Bryce haven't finished it, but I will. Um, <clears throat> I think it. I think it kind of. I, I kind of felt like it was a disappointment on the actual like horror element front um, because none of the horror elements, at least from what I can tell, and I feel like I'm about halfway through the game, like actually have that much of an effect mm-hmm. on the way that you play it. Like if you go out, like obviously there are like bigger creatures that I'm trying to not be spoilery in case anybody wants to play it that like can maybe like harm you but like for the most part like the like the like the hallucinations in the night you know if you're like out past x time or whatever like mm-hmm. they kind of just hang out there like they don't really do anything to you like occasionally i don't know i just i not that everything has to have stakes or whatever but it just kind of felt like none of the like adversaries felt particularly like formidable or or as if really they had any impact on how i chose to play the game at all and at first i like avoided going out at night 
because I was like, oh, I'm fucking afraid of what's going to happen if I don't. But then I started just like fishing at night anyway. And I was like, oh, it just doesn't, they don't really do anything. It's just like the, the screen gets vaguely spooky um, and like nothing else really happens. And that was the only thing about it that disappointed me. And maybe that's like ill-informed and like I haven't, maybe I haven't gotten to a point where like there that changes. Uh, but there is, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. The, the, the thing is that like, I don't want it without saying too much. There's a mechanic where going out at night causes like the longer you stay out the more sleep deprived you are and then the more likely you are to see like without spoiling too much you're you're likely to see stuff uh and it gets you know it's visual on the screen there if you i didn't think that was a thing either it's very funny you should say that around the same point of the game i got to a part where if you do stay out long enough and it became it happened to me more than once again i don't want to spoil it but the stakes definitely get amped up based on in every area there's there are more and more um interesting challenges that are presented that actually make the game uh the last part in particular i found to be kind of uh, annoying because it was challenging in a way that i was not expecting well that's i mean that's 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 good to hear i, I i'm glad that the difficulty curve is not totally flat because i i just I, I was feeling i also like was, I, I was probably taking my time a bit too much but like i feel like i put like 12 hours into that game and i've got to be like maybe halfway through it because i was really to say something good about the game because i do really enjoy playing it i was so into the loop of just fish sell shit upgrade ship yeah that there were entire like two plus hour long stretches where like i didn't make any actual narrative progress yeah. or like go to any of the places i'm supposed to go for to 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 you know um to proceed in the story and i just fish per shit um because that loop is extremely compelling yeah i i think the thing that with for me i don't know what my end time would be I, i'd love to love to have a little bit more info but um yeah i think the, the game definitely raises the stakes and it gets uh progressively better and also yeah again i wish we had i had without spoiling anything there's there's some definite uh you stay out late enough and some things get a little bit more chaotic and there's do you know did you get to like the second set of islands or the third set of islands I made it to a second set of islands where, like, you have to, like, you have to, like, get, like, reunite uh, a character with, like, maybe yes. their brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so there, there's definitely some stakes there and yeah. after, post that. And then, yeah, again, the, the escalation gets quite a bit crazier from the third and sort of fourth sets there. Um, yeah, so definitely worth finish, finishing that up. But yeah, I, I think Dredge is like the thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, I came in here and like it's the indie I've I think I've enjoyed the most this year, other than even the ocean, which we yeah, God. all play. Uh, yeah, that's and I know somebody mentioned this the other day, and I don't want to uh, uh, I don't want us to beat ourselves up too much about not recording that conversation, but I'm also sad we didn't record yeah, that conversation. It genuinely, I thought we did. Out. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we did. Yeah. It's crazy. What? What? Yeah. God. What a fucking incredible game. I. Yeah. I think I still think about it. I mean, I, I yeah. still. Yeah. I listen. To, I'm listening to the. I saw on some sort of Spotify statistic where I'm like in a weird percentage for the soundtrack. Yeah. Like I listen to the soundtrack. I listen to the one track, the Riverton Power Plant. I listen to when I'm done running frequently to like kind of cool me down. The song is very, very like ethereal and very, very soothing to me. Mm. And when I'm stressed out, that's like my, that's my track to go to. And I think that's really like a man, a must. I, yeah, I like center city C note from, uh, from Anodyne Two. like I meditate to that song probably three times a week. 
Like I listen to that song constantly. I, and that was another thing I was actually going to mention in this conversation was this year in February. That's when I discovered, uh, I finally played Anodyne 2 and I discovered Analgesics games and they just became my favorite independent developer, like straight up. And like, we've talked about it before. Like my life goes on pause when Stephanie comes out on yeah, Switch. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's nothing else matters. Top priority. I, I have been wanting to play, uh, there are so many times that I've gotten close to purchasing Stephanie on PC and playing it, but I just mm-hmm. know it's going to be honestly probably a way better experience to wait and play it through with everybody and talk about it while, while it's fresh in my mind. So I've, I've uh, refrained from buying it, but it's definitely it's a it's a consi- it's a constant temptation in my uh, on my Steam wish yeah. list. I'm I've, looking. I've been having to restrain myself so badly since yeah. I got the Steam Deck because. Yeah. Is perfect for that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. just be patient, be patient. It'll um, be on Switch. Let it cook. I, I'm about to uh, have to hop off. I'm about to head to work. But something that that uh, I wanted to say because I know we have a lot of uh, Kirby, or at least one very big Kirby fan in here. Um, Will I? I have been uh, so like I played uh, Nightmare in Dreamland, uh, which is. Which is just a remake of of adventure. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Um, when I, for the for the GBA when I was a kid, and I, I loved it. And apart from that, though, I mostly only ever until this year, I mostly only ever played like uh, strangely Kirby Air Ride. I played a lot of that at at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very fucking cool. Yeah. Last of a game. Um, I don't know how it holds up critically. I don't know if I'm interested in examining it critically. I have such a, like a fond uh, memory of just like wasting afternoons playing that with friends as a kid that I that I don't know if I even want to revisit it. But um, apart from that, and I'm sure I'm missing one because I'm sure, surely I've played like some other Kirby games until before this year. Other than that, though, I, I really haven't dug deep into the series. And um, Return to Dreamland Deluxe so fucking good really brought me in like and i know we've talked about like text a lot like on the discord but um just i feel like it would be a to that game for me to mention games i've loved playing this year and not mention return dreamland deluxe um so much so that like i have been at secondhand used video game stores several times throughout the year since i completed that game um and just bought any old kirby game they had and i haven't played through all of them yet but like I'll like I got a copy of Robobot, which I actually have all of. Um, so also, good. that's that. I mean, as far as like Kirby games played, is my favorite. I think. Yeah. Um, and the new Switch one is really good. Yeah, Forgotten Land. Yeah. And I and I did I played that. Um, I played that when it came out, or at least I I started it when it came out, enjoyed it, just fell off of it for whatever reason, and then after finishing Return to Dreamland, I went back and. And finished it, and wow, I mean, this series is just, I don't know what about it took me, you know, 20 years to, like, properly get into, but damn, what a great, what a, it's just a good time. And I, and, I, and I think that, like, video games are not necessarily always at their, uh, like, there, there are a lot of arguments for, like, what makes a game great, or, like, what is the most spectacular quality about the medium as a whole but like we've talked about this a little bit recently that i that i feel like there's something to be said for like 
a game that's just fun. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kirby is just pure fucking fun. The games are easy. They present like very little challenge unless you really want to dig into it. And I know that there are like, you know, the like kind of the challenge rooms, um, which yeah. can get pretty difficult. So it, it, it really like, it's a game that really allows you to like meet it at whatever level you want to engage with it. Um, it's really like, it's friendly, but it can also be punishing if you want to dig into some of the deeper stuff. And, and the, but the whole time there's this like, really like fantastic kind of whimsy about the whole thing that just like you never stop feeling good about the game um even in the like punishing uh like challenge areas i'm i guess i'm talking specifically about return to dreamland deluxe um but yeah i just i can't believe it took me a long time to get into the series because it's incredible and return to dreamland dreamland deluxe i feel like maybe because it's like more or less like an hd like reskin um or like upscaling of a, of a game might not really make it into a lot of end of year conversations especially because like with what Wilk was saying earlier like there are a lot of heavy hitters this year from like major franchises um in fact like almost every major franchise i feel like that i care about like so so many of my like formative franchises are getting new entries this year that all look good or already have um and i feel like a lot of the end of year conversation. I, I'll be interested to see how end of year conversations go and like how game of the year lists uh, look towards the end of the year because there's just such an insane volume of shit to sift through. Um, and I just I can't help but feeling like that game is gonna get shafted no and one, it's a no real bummer. No one's bummer. gonna talk about it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, which which yeah sucks because I think that to your point about like about like Kirby being overlooked for you personally, I think it's the same reason why it's kind of overlooked in general is people don't take it seriously for whatever reason. Now Kirby did go through this phase after superstar where it was just kind of like a decade and a half of just like, yeah, we're we're putting these out there and like some of them are pretty good, but like none of them are spectacular besides like some of the spinoffs. And I, yeah, there's not much reason to revisit like Kirby 64 aside from nostalgia. There's not much reason to revisit. And DDD. Yeah, that's true. You get to write on DDD's back. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with Return to Dreamland, that was like that was like the return of Kirby to me. Like I, I also like I grew up playing these games and I loved a lot of them, particularly Superstar. But it wasn't until Return to Dreamland uh, specifically we bought it or I bought it for uh, Guiji slash Jim's Christmas gift one year, and we all played it four-player. I think Jim drunkenly yelled, like, I'm, yo, I'm D3, uh, which is great. I I still quote that at my wife, and she has no idea what I'm talking about, and it's not like But, um, yeah, Return to Dreamland is amazing, and, like, I can make arguments for, like, half of the games that have come out since Return to Dreamland of, like, why it's the best one. I think from, like, a pure gameplay point of view, Return to Dreamland Deluxe is probably the best Kirby, at least in terms of, like, it's the... For me, it's the best set of powers in the whole series. The powers that are there all feel great. Like, there's not one where I'm like, oh, they want me to use, like, the wing power. No, the wing power is fucking awesome in this one. Um, The only real complaint I have with Return to Dreamland is that the... uh, was it like the new game plus or like the extra mode 
they still make to 100% you still have to get all the same gears that you got in the in the vanilla playthrough. That sucks. Like that's not good. Uh they should have yeah. just not had the gears in the in the hard mode or whatever. Um that said also like the new stuff, that Megalore mode is super cool. And that's I was so cool, yeah. I I didn't expect it to be. Like I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, Megalore is cool. I know he's a fan favorite." Um like, yeah, you get to, like, it's like a little mini, like, I don't want to say RPG, but yeah, you get to level up Megalore the way you want, and you're unless you replay levels a few times, you're not going to have him fully leveled up by the end, so it's like, you actually are, like, leveling this character up the way you want in a Kirby game, and it's super cool. Um, this version, like, the graphically, it looks fantastic, and it's going at a rock-solid 60 frames, so my biggest complaint with like Robobot is that like, and I think the word the reason Star Allies like doesn't really hit for me. A big part of that is just it's thirty frames. Like it looks amazing, but like it's it's night and day. Like I'm not a big frames per second person, but when I compare Return to Dreamland, seems like you are. I guess when it comes to Kirby, I um, yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about Return to Dreamland Deluxe. I knew I loved it going into this version, but like coming out of it, I'm like, yeah, if it weren't for those stupid gears in hard mode, this would be like objectively the best Kirby game. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, Alright, I, I gotta hop off, but great chatting with you guys as always. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Later, Hunter. Have a good one, dude. See you, dude. Um... Fortunately, I also have to hit the road here, so I'm gonna have to hop off. But it was really nice to meet you guys officially. Yeah, nice you. yeah. it was good to yeah. meet you on here. Sorry, you couldn't make it to Warrior. Oh. Yeah, oh. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Take care, again. Take care. Um, did anyone else have anything they want to say about Kirby? I know I don't think Wilkins played it. I don't think Colin played it. By I myself. haven't played it. I'm ex- I'm excited. It's something that's like I think I might come to. Forbidden Land was like the, my first real exposure to the Kirby series out of not f- like starting and not finishing. Uh, we what's the we one um, Epic Yarn multiple times oh, over. Right, and I feel like, yeah. something I need to sit down and just like actually play through. So if I'm looking for something like, uh, but yeah, no, I'd like to I'd like to hit it at this point after Forbidden Land. I kind of feel like I need to touch a few more of the games in the series because I, I really ended up loving that. Um, I get, I forgot I wanted to say it, um, that with that Megalore thing, like, so we got to talk about Kirby lore for the next hour real quick. Um, oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's fucking go. Um, <laughs> like, so in the, the Kirby spinoff series, I forget Kirby Clash, which is like a multiplayer arcade, like Monster Hunter kind of thing. Like Megalore is the shopkeeper, and uh, for whatever re- he they gave him like a green outfit in that, and you trade him apples in it, and it's never really like that's just what it is. It's not touched upon otherwise. But in this Return to Dreamland, when you do the Megalore mode, like Megalore spoilers, he's the main villain of the game, kind of. Um, but when you do this this post game mode where he plays Megalore, the attention to detail in the Kirby series is so fucking insane, they actually explain why he shows up in Kirby Clash with a green robe and why he wants apples. Um, It's fucking amazing. And it's my biggest problem with Mario games is like, 
you know, I just started up a new file of New Super Mario Brothers 2 last night because of talking about it in the all-in Discord. Like, there's no fucking context for why I'm collecting these coins. The collecting of the coins isn't the problem. It's why am I collecting the coins? Like, there, there is no setup at all. There's, there's no, like, thought put into it outside of, like, um, like a gameplay point of view, which, fine. But, like... That's why I like Kirby so much, is, like, they give context to everything. There's actual cool lore. Also, you don't have to engage with it if you don't want to. Um, Mario could learn a lot from Kirby. Kirby's the best Nintendo series, and that's that's all I've got to say about that. Damn. Coming in hot. Got him. Like always. <laughs> well, cool. Did anyone else have anything else that they wanted to add? I, we touched basically everything I wanted to touch, except... I guess two things. I've got a lot, so I don't know. I like that's the thing is I I know we've already been going for like a couple hours, but like I still have a few things I I wanted to mention. I guess I have a few things that that I don't know if anybody else played. Um, so I could probably hit them really quickly. Did anybody else play Paranorma Site? Nope. No, I heard you talk about it. Fucking no, back. but I was I was kind of interested in that. I heard really, it's really good things about it. So good, y'all. Like it it's gonna be like on my top ten at the end of the year, I think. Like it's it's really excellent. And um it what it is, it's like this weird you would call it a visual novel, I guess, but it has a like a little more interesting like gameplay forward things than you typically see, I feel like, in visual novels. Um the big sort of like I guess hook of the game is it's almost like a a takedown of other games of this type, like, you know, Quantic Dream games or something like that, where you'll have access to, like, a timeline of events throughout the course of the story, but the game encourages you to, like, break that timeline and explore with, like, multiple playable characters and sort of, like, breaking the fourth wall to solve puzzles and overcome obstacles and, like, see different pathways of the story. And um, it's also, yeah, it's super dark and weird and at times funny, like Japanese horror. Uh, it's got a great like visual style. It's the return of this like designer who apparently made some really popular mobile games in Japan. Um, and he made like these, these games that like everybody in Japan like loved, like mobile gaming was so huge over there. Um, and he like has been absent from video games ever since, but has like returned with this game working with Square Enix and like a small team. And I kind of just, I love that it exists and that it like, it just works as well as it does. And it actually, I think is one of the more effective horror games that I've played in a long time too, because it, it manages to capture that feeling in a horror movie when like, you know, something bad is going to happen, but you like, you have to take it on like that sense of like true dread. Um, I think that this game captures really well too, for it being a like 2d visual novel most of the time. Um, it's really great. And, uh, and more people should play. It's also, I think like 20 bucks, which is crazy. Um, and the game, you know, you could spend, you know, 12 hours with it on your first playthrough. Just, you know, it's um, it's great. More more people should play it. Yeah, I I think I I forget if it was a giant bomb. Quick look, someone beside I I remember you talking about it, but yeah, someone else in the YouTube space was had a video of it, and yeah, I, I while you were describing it, I was like, oh yeah, this game, yeah, it had a. I really liked the style. The mood was really cool. Yeah, it looked really really neat. A lot of so Junji Ito. 
Mm. Totally, totally. And like there's the the whole like story setup of the game is is like there are these seven like curses and mysteries that you have to track down and you have to kill uh, X amount of people to fill your talisman because it gives you the ability to resurrect like a, a loved one uh, that is passed on. But there are other curse bearers who also want this ability and um, and you have to like track them down and figure out each of the curses, the, the way that these people kill each other is um, is activated a different way. So for example, really early on in the game, one of the ones that you find is this guy whose curse, whose like kill ability is activated by um, by the person being able to hear what he said. It's kind of like one of those you're already dead sort of things because I'm talking to you and you're hearing me. The way you avoid it is you go into the settings menu of the game and turn off the sound. That's really fucking like, cool. <laughs> it's so fucking cool. And I'm like, man, like I just, you know, and, and like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like it just goes like so many cool, interesting places. And yeah, it's, it's great, man. I feel uh, like kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, was it spirit tracks or whichever one on the DS where there was some kind of infamous puzzle solution Mm -hmm. where to do it you had to close your ds Mm -hmm. oh yeah so cool the stamp yeah we we were just talking about some of that like yeah ds unique puzzle solving stuff yeah in the discord the other day and yeah i visual novels are such a cool way to like explore that space and yeah it makes sense like why the ds had so many cool neat little visual novels yeah i it this would be is, a great game for this. It would be a great games club game. Yeah. I'll have to keep in mind, yeah. I I think I have it on my wish list. Yeah. It it sounds really fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I got more, but I don't want to like dominate the conversation. There, well, can, there are a few Can things. I guess another one that was on your list that's also Please. on my list? Uh Theater Please. Rhythm Final Bar Line. That's on my list for sure. And I know oh, Colin played it too and loved it. Hunter played a lot of it too. Oh yeah, I forget. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about it. Um, I mean, yeah, there's not much to say about it besides that, like, yeah, it's a Final Fantasy rhythm game, and it's what the third or fourth one of these. Um, yeah, I played. I assume I played the first 3DS one, and I remember liking it a lot. But I don't remember like I'm. I don't know, just where I was in life. I probably just played through it and then saw credits. I was like, okay, I'm done. Um, I've played like 40 or 50 hours of this one. And like, I was going for like all triple S ranks on hard mode or whatever. Um, Nowhere close to being done with that. But uh, I think at this point, I'd say it's my favorite rhythm game of all time. And that's saying a lot. It's, It's hard to contest that. Like it's, it really is. Like it's one of those... In terms of the actual charting of the notes, like I think that it has the best charting of any rhythm game I've ever played. Like it's it's crazy, and and even like little things too, like the um, mechanically when people hear that it's like a rhythm RPG, they sort of write it off and like, well, what can that even possibly mean? But no, you can have actual like party compositions and actual strategy, and um, and you have to really think about what you're doing in that game if you want to do well. Um, yeah, no, it's and and like you know the fact that it's got all this amazing Final Fantasy music is just a nice plus. My my complaints with the game is really just like me being a like I was addicted to Curtain Call on 3DS. That's like I think my second most played uh, 3DS game behind Animal Crossing, um, and 
like bought all the DLC. I must have spent like three hundred dollars on that stupid <laughs> game. Um, and like my my big complaints with the game are there's a mode in Curtain Call called Quest Medley that I really liked, and the endless mode or whatever in this is not the same. Yeah, uh, I kind of wish this had that. The endless mode kind of um, sucks from what I I did it once. I was like, okay, yeah. like I'm done. Quest Medley was way cooler, you know, and like the structure of it was way cooler and there was a lot more like incentive to do it. Um, so it's not really a replacement for me. Also, like some, you know, like with any music game that's a compilation like this, like the omissions are going to be so notable. Um, the fact that Besaid's not in this game is a fucking travesty. It's like, weird. What? It's it's it, like, like there's some weird stuff because like I'd understand if they were mostly going for battle themes and stuff, but they aren't. Like there's plenty of it like was in curtain the, call, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird. Like, also, like it's not even DLC. I don't think I haven't kept track of the DLC. No, but can't even pay for it. Xanarkind uh, is DLC. They put Xanarkind behind a paywall, right? Yeah, which also, yeah, I guess For we reasons. have to mention, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the DLC and like the, all the that different sucks. the different versions there were, but I, I ended up getting the version that came with like the first season of stuff. I don't know which version that was. Maybe that was the $100 version. Oh yeah, I bought the $100. I think yeah, I, bought I bought the $100 the, the version. $100 and... one and I felt horrible about it, <laughs> but... Um, Me too. But that's the thing, though, man. The <laughs> second they put to far away times in there, it's like, well, I'm fucking helpless. Like my hands are tied. Um, you know. But yeah, it's it's super cool. Like, yeah, you bring up the RPG stuff of like, like obviously, if you just want to play it as a rhythm game, you don't need to engage with that. But yeah, like if you want to go for like mm -hmm. high scores or beat the 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 level specific challenges, you really actually need to like level up specific party members with specific abilities and do stuff. Um, it's really neat. And then, yeah, I, I remember I was having a hard time beating a song. I'm like, okay, I'll put two healers on. And then, yeah, I was fine. Um, I get another co small complaint I have is that like, you know, like Final Fantasy seven has like all the care, not all the characters, but a, most of them as in the right. game. But then like Final Fantasy 10, it's just like Titus, Oran, Yuna, Inject. I think it's like, I, I want to yeah. see, like, weird little chibi Kamari and Waka. Like, why isn't that in here? Yeah, I don't know what the deal is there. Yeah, I, think, so I feel like Waka's, like, a fan favorite character. Like, He's I feel also like that's pretty, racist. but I'm like. So I guess the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot but, there. That's uh, but, sorry. I feel like that's an on. Yep. But I, but I still would like to see a chibi Waka, but I'm, maybe that's why they didn't do it. I don't know. But, um,. It's it's a really cool game and like I want to you know Zelda derailed all of my gaming up to this point so like I want to get back to it. It's really fucking cool. Yeah. Well well for me it's like an evergreen game. For me it's like I'm going to keep that thing locked and loaded. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be playing that for the next 5 years. You know what I mean? Like I um I was you know I was playing Curtain Call with some regularity like even after the Switch came out. Like I was still like that was my one thing I was playing on my 3DS. Um, so I like having this, especially like if they keep the DLC releasing at a steady clip and, um, and they have been so far, like every time a new pack drops, I go in there and I clear, you know, all the DLC and stuff. And it's exciting. Like some of the things that they've added, I really, really hope that they continue to like add more stuff to the game. I would love to see quest medleys come back. I would love more characters to be added. 
y'all like you're already charging me for songs just charge me for characters too and i'll buy that shit too yeah, like, like i would grudgingly... give me the chrono trigger pack yeah. i want chrono and frog and robo in here like why yeah. not yeah it's coming it'll I, be it'll be 25 dollars, and you'll get it next year we got and you. we'll buy it you yeah. know and it's, <laughs> it's kind of thing too like theater rhythm is such a great formula though and this is like and in many ways the perfect realization of that formula that like you just it's so easy to imagine it for literally anything I like want theater a, rhythm i want a nintendo yeah. theater rhythm so bad just totally whatever totally. Yeah. zelda kirby on you know. metroid music yeah, yeah, why I mean, not? Yeah, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> I'm excited to see what else, whatever else brings. I'm, I'm like, I kind of, I, I, I'm like, it's nice to have this as like a recap for me as well to kind of feel out the rest of the year. I feel like all the big kind of releases are here. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what else because I might dip my toe into some of these. This is a nice uh, refresher. Um, I mean, I'll, I have one more that I haven't mentioned. I'll just do it real quick. Uh, Dead Cells, which I think oh, Colin, yeah. Colin and Will got convinced y'all to get back into it with me. And then I know <laughs> I streamed I it and Seth too. saw like the real ending or whatever on accident. Cause I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a huge Castlevania dork. I fucking love that shit. And you know, I played Dead Cells when it first came out on the Switch back in 2018, I think. Put like 10 hours in. I was like, this kind of sucks. Like, I genuinely didn't like it basically at all. Um, but they've added so much content to this game. It's like unreal. Now, a lot of my problems with the game, all that new content, all it really does is just kind of like hide my issues with the game temporarily. Like, it eventually came back to the surface of like, yeah, this game's about as repetitive as it gets, like, even more than Diablo. Um, but man, like, the Castlevania stuff, you can just fucking turn off the Dead Cells music and just turn on Castlevania music and just play the whole really game cool. with Castlevania cool. music. It's so good. Um, like, yeah, I, I unlocked the Alucard skin and was playing Castlevania music, and I had um, Alucard sword and, like, the, the cross and stuff. I'm just like, oh, I'm just playing a Castlevania game right now. Um, that was what sold me, by the way. Like yeah. I, like I, I have an Alucard wallpaper on my desktop that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. And um, the the second I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'm buying this. And it, so. also, it's only like a few bucks for the Castlevania DLC. Like, I don't know, seven or something. It's something ridiculous. I think it's ten bucks. Okay. Yeah, nine ninety nine. I think. Yeah. And like it, I don't know. Like much like Diablo is like a turn your brain off and just like have fun kind of thing. Yeah, I feel that way about Dead Cells now. Um, I will say getting back, I, I was so excited getting back into it and realizing how cool it now was. And then I made it up to like, you can turn the game up to like difficulty five or six. I was on two and I came super close to beating two or three multiple times. And I just couldn't pull it off. Part of it, like the switch version does run like shit and that's a real, yeah, real bummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, it got it got real bad, like in later choppy. levels, to where to where I would definitely die from where yes, or like it was lagging or dropping frames. Or I something. would be dead for a solid like five seconds before knowing I was dead because like the game would like freeze, stutter, and then all of a sudden I'm dead. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like that's that's not fun. Um, so I gave Dude, up. Bummer. Yeah, 
like I gave up on playing it just like or at least advancing the difficulty because I'm like I, I can't like I, I I can't my skills can't overcome like the technical hurdles of this you know I, I thought about like eh, maybe next time it's on sale on PlayStation or something but at the same time I wouldn't have played it nearly as much if it wasn't on handheld so I guess a Steam Deck is probably the right answer but um, yeah Dead Cells ended up being pretty cool I I I'm not as high on it now as I was when I first started playing with Castlevania stuff, but it's still really fun. It's just a good time waster. There's so much shit in here. You can get dozens and dozens. It's probably hundreds of hours out of it. Yeah, you were you were you were getting you were getting the high, the hyperbole was coming. You were you were there for you were hot on Dead Cells in a way that I was like I had to like really start to cons- I had to reconsider some stuff. I had to consider some stuff. It was it was a a lot was coming yeah, in. We and- were like, whoa, is he joking? Like- <laughs> <laughs> at one point is this who he really is at one point i was like is this better than hades because like when hades yes, came yeah, out was where I'm about to go. oh yeah when hades came out i was like oh this is like what dead cells i well, wanted, wanted to be like and then but did it way better and then i go back to dead cells with all this stuff i'm like okay this is why i wanted dead cells and hades to be um there are some aspects of this I like better than Hades, but no, Hades is objectively the better game for sure. It's not even a contest. Yeah, I, I think you I think after t- yeah, I think <laughs> touching it again and coming back and playing it, I was like, Hades is just yeah. In that instance, it's just I think kind of almost perfect. And Dead Cells is is reaching that, but doesn't quite hit there for me. Right. All right. Seth, what else you got? Uh. I, I wanted to um I wanted to bring up I don't know if any of y'all have played it or not, but this game that came out a few months ago I wanna say it came out in like March or April. Uh this game Lunark that came out um by Way Forward, I think published it. It was made by like a dude, like one guy. Um and yeah. it it is sort of like a Prince of Persia, you know, flashback sort of style um platformer. And it it was a really interesting experience playing that. Um, I really, really liked it. And I have found myself kind of in this place of like appreciating these sort of like lost genres that, um, you know, like the, the genres that they sort of pioneered have like advanced beyond them a little bit. Um, but there is still value in kind of like looking back at the roots of something. Cause you know, those games, when you look at those old Prince of Persia games, like they're clunky and they're very considered and measured, platformers you have to think about every action that you take like everything is is very carefully measured and there's something about that when i was playing i was like wow like i haven't played something like this in a long time and it's kind of like it's kind of hitting like i kind of miss playing games like this to the point where um i replayed prince of persia the sands of time the like gamecube ps2 original xbox game and I was like, that felt like a good transition from this style of game, but in 3D, like still very considered, you know, measured platforming in a 3D space that like even that we don't really see. Like now the focus with 3D platforming is just making something fast and fluid. But like, I kind of like how intentionally clunky these games are. Um, like how just, just you have to really kind of plan out. Like when you go, when you play Lunark, you enter like a screen, like it's a screen based pixel art game and you almost plot out like your way through the screen before you even move. Okay. I'm going to jump on here. I'm going to grab up. I'm going to roll under this guy or whatever. Uh, And you almost like, 
just like maple story <laughs> yeah it's exactly like maple story wow um, <laughs> but but like it also has like in addition to that these like painstakingly rotoscoped and animated cutscenes that again are done by like this dude and so even like even in terms of like the production of it it's like the same way those old prince of persia games were um, where it was just like a guy that was like, you know, videoing his brother in his pajamas running around and then pixel arting on top of it. You know, it feels very like human and raw. And um, I just, I like it a lot. And it was a little bit of a bummer to see people's reaction to the game who didn't really like get or pick up what he was putting down mm -hmm. to the point where he actually has like patched the game and made certain things more forgiving. And I'm like, that's mm. kind of a bummer. You yeah. know, I, like, I get it. Like, I understand why, but, like, some of it I'm kind of like, damn, like, I kind of liked how oppressive and, like, you know, sort of slavish to its old roots the game was. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Lunark quite a lot, and I, I want to see more games like that. I really love the look of it. I think I want, I think you put up a video on the all-in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really love the look of it, and, yeah, I, I, you know, I have a lot of nostalgia for games of that ilk. Like, I played Flash... I don't know where I did, but I played some version of Flashback as a kid. Um, it's weird how something like Signalis, which, again, we talked about briefly, I haven't played, but, like, I, I think that it's also going for, like, a throwback to a very specific and more brutal and, like, right. challenging era, but, like, that that finds success in that space. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. and something like Lunar, people are like, well, what is this? Like, I don't know. Right. I wonder how that happens. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like, I don't know if it's like a vibe thing or if it's an exposure thing. Cause for me, like, like Signalis came out and Signalis was on game pass when it came out. So maybe that helped. I think it definitely um, did. Yeah. But, but also like Lunark's got the backing of way forward, you know, and you would think that it would get uh, a lot of exposure, but um, I don't know. Like I just, I, I kind of have come to appreciate games that like sort of, um, don't make concessions for the player, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like this just this is what it is and you can choose to meet it there or not. Um but anyway, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Lunark. Um I the the only other thing that I kind of wanna and I guess I'll I'll hit this as kind of like a, a twofer because there are two games that I also felt like got a little misunderstood this year, two other indie games, uh Blanc and Storyteller. Um mm. I, I think we're a little misunderstood in what they were both trying to do. And I think both of them are maybe two of the most accessible games I've ever played. Like both of those games I could recommend to literally anybody. Like it's, maybe it's a kind of interested in playing Blanc. Yeah. Like, Callie as, Callie as well has been asking about it and was like, totally. What are, why haven't we played it? And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's co-op, right? Like you play it together. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's co-op. It's got online co-op, local co-op. You could even, if you wanted to, you could play it single player, but like it is a co-op forward experience. It's like feature length. It's like two hours, you know, max. You'll. It's like watching a movie together. It is so, you know, because it's not like a video game ass video game. Like there's not collectibles or whatever. Like it's just about kind of working through these puzzles together. And in that way, like, I just think that like it's so impressive like how they've they've managed to 
make that game, even like from a storytelling perspective, it's a real simple story. But like, if I were to try to introduce video games to anybody, games like Blanc and Storyteller are now like arrows in my quiver, you know, of just like, this is, this is kind of like what I would show you. Storyteller takes these like old school, like narrative tropes, kings and queens and dragons and Romeo and Juliet and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and werewolves, like, and creates like an interesting, unique, like puzzle game on top of it that I think is also the kind of like, it's almost like a toy, like anybody could play with it. But because it was short, people like shat on it. And I was, I don't know, like it, it was, it was a big bummer for me to see both of those games kind of get misunderstood. Um, I think people should play them. Yeah. I haven't played Blanc, but me and my wife played through all of Storyteller together. That game fucking rules. Um, yeah. Like Seth said, it's like, it's like a toy box for, for puzzle solving. Almost like, like scribble knots, which is funny because the first scribble knots also got people were yeah. happy with it. Um, yeah, I remember right. that debacle. Yeah, and 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 I I somewhat get it. Like, yeah, you know, it was hyped up as like he'd been working on it for years or whatever. Um, so if you're going in expecting this, like, I don't know, grand sweeping epic, like portal level of puzzle game, like, yeah, you're not going to get that. But like. What's there is so neat and fun. It it's the most like excited I've been about a puzzle game in like a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. Just it it everything works exactly how you think. There was only one puzzle in the whole game where I'm like, what do they want me to do? Um, it just all clicks. And I think what's so neat about it, I think you and Eric talked about this. I forget, maybe it was Eric even that like it instead of using like video game logic to solve puzzles, like you are using your actual like real yeah. world like knowledge of how like tropes and whatever um, right and that's so cool uh, like i love the art style like the, the chibi little dudes um yeah like you know it is short and like me and my wife beat it and like we could have beat it in one sitting but we were enjoying the experience so much we're like no we'll just say save this for like next weekend or whatever kind of thing mm-hmm. like yeah that that sucks but you know it's not like it's not like a fatal flaw with the game. It's just be aware of it going in that it's pretty short and you're going to have a good time with it. Yeah. I, I sort of came to this place where I'm like, if the complaint is that there's not more of it, I feel like we're in pretty good shape actually. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like that's not that bad. So the, the argument about games length and I mean, not to get like get off on a whole nother tangent and we could do an episode about things we want people to stop saying or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and gaming alone. Uh, but that's, that's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know why anyone cares. I, I really don't like I beat resident evil three. And I remember at the time the remake people being like, it's too, you know, you, if you're doing this right. And I'm like, yeah, I beat mine in seven. And like, I didn't really like rush through it and i'm like i'm fine with this again i didn't buy didn't pay full price for the game i think that definitely does help and i understand that frustration but like what well, how much was storyteller when it came out ten dollars twenty dollars like things 15 yeah for me that's like that's like it's like a short hike where like i'm willing to pay the price of entry because i want to have that experience and like yeah it wasn't like it was 45 dollars. i don't know i feel like people get that that gets so conflated about you know People get really weird about the amount of time you need to sink yeah. in. If it's, not, if it's not Skyrim, if I can't play forever, then why am I? Am I a dollar story. per hour. Yes. <laughs> I always think of the story Murray tells about a friend getting Guitar Hero 
and you should tell the story. I just, I, I think about that a lot and just being like, that's so sad. Well, it, I mean, and yeah, we were in high school, but yeah, he, I think he's actually in the discord, but I highly doubt he listens to the pod. Jim, I'm going to tell the story. If you're in here, if you're listening, it's fine. But when we went as teenagers to go to Best Buy to pick up Guitar Hero 2 for the 360, because we were diehard Guitar Hero fans at that point, and we were excited for the 360 version. He, you know, we were 16. He had just gotten like his first part-time job or whatever. And on the he bought it. We're taking it back to his house. And he just goes, like, he's like thinking about it and ruminating on it for me. And he goes, you know, I'm probably going to play this game for at least like 100 hours. So, like that... That makes it like 50 cents or whatever per hour. I guess that's good, right? <laughs> like, I only have, like, I'm working like this many hours, get paid. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I know you're entering like adulthood or whatever. And I understand like being, you know, money conscientious, conscientious is yeah. important to a certain extent. But like, yo, like, I mean, if you're going to get 100 hours or even 50 hours of joy out of, something surely that's worth like 60 bucks or whatever even but yeah, yeah to me if i'm getting even like three hours like why do i never see this argument brought up about movies you're gonna fucking pay 20 bucks for a dvd or like more than that to go see a movie with your wife that lasts shit in imax is 25 dollars yeah i i never see that, this like, brought up about movies or anything else it, it's very odd to me we need to get to the bottom of that. That's so starting now. Episode cut four. it here. Let's get on to the next podcast. <laughs> starting now. Okay. 1230. We're going in everybody. But like, that's my thing is that like, I, there's stuff that gamer brain is like definitely a thing. And I, and I remember very distinctly too. I was at a GameStop and I was in high school and I think we want to go see Mark uh, at the GameStop in the Finley and the Finley mall. Mm-hmm. I'm revealing too much about where we're from. And there was a, I, I was trying to get mass effect. My dad had bought us a 360. And I was like, I want Mass Effect. And my dad's like, I think we asked who was working. And they're like, yeah, like 12 to 15 hours. And my dad was like, 12 to 15 hours for a $50 game? And I was like, what? Like, so I didn't play Mass Effect. And I wanted the game really, really bad. And my dad would not let me get Mass Effect. And was like, no, we're getting Mercenaries 2. Dude. I think is what we ended up getting. <laughs> I wanted to bring oh, this yeah. up during the WarioWare episode, but I never really got a chance. I didn't know if people would think it was funny and as much as I do, at least. The last time my mom ever bought like a game for me, like went to the store for me while I was at school, was for WarioWare Touch. And the reason it's the oh, last wow. time she ever went to the store for me is because she goes to pay for it, and the employee there goes, "Why are you buying your kid this? Like, why aren't you buying your kid a PSP?" And my mom was like, <laughs> "She picked me up from school. And, you know, I'm 14 or whatever." She's like, I'm never going to fucking GameStop again. I was like, what? What happened? And she's like, she was describing like basically being harassed, like to not buy WarioWare and to buy a PSP. That's wild. Right. Which is also funny. And it's also funny. We're tying this all together. When I was hanging out with Jim, the same friend with the, from the Guitar Hero story, we were, on our spring break, we went to go buy WarioWare Smooth Moves. In, a, in Wisconsin, so I'm in a different state. And the same thing basically happens. The dude goes, you want WarioWare? You know Super Paper Mario's out in like a month? And I was like, okay, first of all, I'm hanging out with, Let me my, cook. with my friends. We just won a goofy party game for spring <laughs> yeah. break. 
what does Super Paper Mario have anything to why do, do with that? Why do you care? But, yeah. Right, why? Why does it matter? And like, Will, why when do you, you worked at shit? like when you worked at GameStop, I remember we were what was it? Randall was that that dude's name? Um, Not Randall. Randy. Randy. Like he he harassed like me and Jim about something. I don't remember what it was, but like. He's the one who said that the 3DS was getting. I don't want. We don't have to go down the wormhole, and I don't want to completely throw this person under the bus. But I'm going to completely. He yelled at my face and told me that the trade magazines Nintendo was done with the 3DS, and it was such a failure. I remember calming, looking at this man who was in his 50s, and being like, "You're wrong." And he goes, "Are you dumb?" So, and I was like 18 at the time, and I was like, "Bro, you got to relax." Unreal stuff. I mean, I have. There, I had a. I had a similar. I've had similar instances of that as well gamestop's incredible for the you're buying this not that yeah, yeah kind of thing i remember i got shinobi and the person working strongly was was very upset that my aunt was letting me have that game because it was mature and she's like i don't think this is appropriate for kids and like tried to i mean it's literally just that the the gta tiktok of yeah, like I was slaughter gonna... murder <laughs> Oh, this dude i'm like dude let me have the game like look this is insane you're like you're literally ruining this for me <laughs> and also that shinobi game sucked and i, I he was right but not for the uh, right reasons the ps2 one because that game fucking rules i did not like it at the time it's a it's an action i've never okay. been in a, a character right. action that's it was not hitting and you're, at the time i was very disappointed as a kid to be like longer the more kills you have Journey has That's a similar mechanic sick. too. Journey has a very similar mechanic. Yeah, and Journey, you're you're killing fools <laughs> to make your scarf right. bigger. You have to kill your ops if you don't. If they that get is the you. whole point. Yes, How that game company. Somebody over there. Oh, it was like dollars to to time. Yes, dollars to play. Sorry, we were talking about because we were talking about storyteller. Because Seth was yes. We, sorry, we got really in the weeds there for a second. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're back. We're here. We're here. We're present. Did did it, I know Seth probably has more games. Did anyone, Colin? Did you have any other game you wanted to throw in here? Um, I think we kind of touched on the stuff I've been playing, like Theater Rhythm, Final Fantasy. The only other thing I kind of played, but I kind of talked about it in chat before, was um, Melon Journey. All oh, right, which yeah. was. Just a, a cheap little indie game, but I had a ton of fun with that. It was it was fairly short, maybe like five hours or so, I think, but it just felt very kind of unique in its storytelling. And like, it was weirdly, it was very unserious and like goofy, but also kind of had a serious plot that it was dealing with too. So... It, I enjoyed that a lot, and I would definitely recommend playing that if you just want something cheap. Um, and it's not like a type of game where you can make any kind of wrong moves or anything like that, so it's just like a linear little adventure game. There's some extra side quests you can do that you don't have to, but I think you get the same ending regardless. Because I think Xavier didn't finish all the side quests, but he still beat it, and he really liked it too. And the music is really good. Tonally, it was kind of giving me. I'm probably wrong, but from what I remember watching the trailer, it was giving me like the more lighthearted side of Eastward vibes in a very weird way, writing wise. I mean, not like gameplay. Yeah, I can definitely see that. 
Yeah, it looked really, like, when you messaged me, or I think I saw you playing it on the Switch, I was like, what the fuck is this? And I looked it up, and I'm like, oh yeah, that looks pretty cool and very cute. Just a cute, small little thing. Yeah, it was it was better than I was expecting it to be, because it was, occasionally I will buy a game when I, I don't look up anything about it, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I'm just going to take a risk and see what happens, especially when it's cheaper. Which is what I did with that. I just saw someone post it on like their Instagram story, and I was like, "What is that? That looks cute." And then I just went and bought it and started playing it, and was like, "Oh wow, this is actually pretty good." It looks like the most like Colin and Xavier game I've ever seen. Yep. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I guess real quick, I kind of forgot to put it on my list because Seth and I talked about it on the Keep Nintendo Weird podcast last week. Uh, we love oh, Katamari, yeah. uh, re- re-roll Royal Reverie. It's fucking good. Like, there's not much to say. We d- it's so want- good. If you want to hear, we did a whole podcast about it last week. Uh, much like we said there, there isn't much to talk about gameplay wise. It just, it's a really fucking good Katamari game. It looks really good. I think we forgot to say that on the Keep Nintendo Weird, but like, it looks really fucking good. Um, yeah. They did a really good job, like cleaning it up, but also like it still has the low poly look going on, and yeah, it it's the best Katamari game, so it's one of the best games ever made. Yeah, it's that that's that's been like one of the most you know meaningful experiences I had in the first half of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah I I definitely wanted to make sure we mentioned that. I think after Zelda, that probably is my favorite thing I've played this year, which is saying a lot because like Kirby, Resident Evil. Final Fantasy, it's all been fucking great, but yeah, that we love Katamari. Just there's hit, been some good stuff. Yeah, it hit really, really hard this year. Um, I plan yeah, on yeah. playing that at some point, Same. but just not at the moment. Wait till it's on sale. The first Katamari Damacy goes on sale for like seven bucks. Like, all yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. I kind of figured I was just gonna do that because I was like, I'm not waiting for physical, and that seems like something I would like to play, and that's. Yeah, I, I feel like soon like, we'll have a price point in like two months where it's just be like, hey, it's thirty percent off, and you're like, okay, great. You'll see that. Yeah, it'll it'll be like seven ninety nine all day long. You know, just give it a couple months. But yeah, it's it's great. It's everybody should play it. Um, another thing that the probably the last thing I wanted to make sure that that I mentioned because I'm not going to let anybody forget about this game. <laughs> it's one of my favorite games I've played all year. Mister Sun's Hatbox. Oh yeah, um, it looks so fucking good. I I love that game so much, and like I like it, it has issues. Like it does on Switch, it does hitch like when shit gets really crazy. But that game is effectively like Spelunky meets Metal Gear Solid Five. Which is and the coolest sentence like anyone that is, has ever said. <laughs> just, I, just like the perfect cross section of my gaming taste. I feel like um, it is a procedurally generated roguelike uh, stealth platformer um, that also has a focus on like slapstick comedy um, and like just crazy, stupid situations and. Uh, the sort of like way that you move through that game, the different, like it also has a little bit of like rogue legacy flavor where um, all the playable characters of the game have like various quirks to them that you sort of level up, get new ones, remove bad ones, this, that, and the other. Um, But like the, the thing that it takes for Metal Gear Solid five, that Fulton system is just 
Like, that might be my favorite single video game mechanic, is, like, the Fulton system in Metal Gear Solid Five, and this game just has that. So, The, the yeah, first time in Metal Gear Solid Five when I Fultoned a bear, and, like, his <laughs> dangling Dude. from by his leg from the yeah. balloon, and then he just pops into the air. <laughs> So, dude, I fucking love that game so much. I like I feel like that's one of those games that I'm always just like on the razor's edge of just like saying like forget everything, I'm just going to replay Metal Gear Solid 5. Um but like I yeah, Mr. Sun's Hatbox scratched that itch for me a little bit and it's just like this very simple, it's made by a dude and I feel like it's going to get totally lost in the sauce, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let anybody forget about it. It's good. It, out of all the games like you've covered on the show, and, and or even that I've just heard from you personally from about this year, yeah, that's like I really want to play. It. I just there's you just would been love so it much. specifically. Yeah, you you would love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will Colin, did you all have anything else you wanted to add? I th- I, th- I think that's it. I feel like I, again, like I, I love, you know, played all the Resident Evil games or the ones I have played thus far. Uh, four remakes uh, on the docket and a couple other things we've touched here today. But yeah, that's I think that's everything I've got. I'm sure the second I leave this conversation, I will think of multiple things. But until then, oh, I did play Gato Roboto this year. Oh, and I really enjoyed that, yeah. and I thought that was a very fun. I think I got it for like I think a couple dollars, if not like two dollars on the uh, switch sale and i ended up really enjoying that too yeah that game fucking rules it's like a deconstruction of like metroid fusion specifically with a cat yeah in a mech suit it's great yeah yeah it's pretty sick um and yeah the the dev is making gunbrella right because that game also looks really fucking cool oh shit i didn't even realize yep, yep same dev doink soft yeah doink soft doink soft <laughs> that is so sick Great yeah. name. Incredible name. Yeah, good studio name. Um, huh. Seth, did you... I know Mr. Sun was the last big one. Did you have any other ones that you wanted to add? That that was that was pretty much it. We, we've hit most of the things that, that I wanted to, to make sure, you know, that uh, that was brought up. Um, you know, I, I could talk about, like, a bunch of little things that, that I really enjoyed this year. Like, uh... There's this, there's this weird little like, um, roguelike first-person shooter called Post Void. Oh, it's that, like three dollars. That or game something. looks cool as hell, but also that it would make me super nauseous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like visually, like epilepsy warning. Like it is one of the most like over-the-top crazy like visual games that that I've ever played. Like it, the whole thing like is just pulsating and flashing in your face the entire time. It's wild that it doesn't have an epilepsy warning in that game. Like it's wild that it doesn't. Um, but, um, but, but it's super good. Like it's a great. Great. Yeah. I, I really liked that. It's yeah. It's a bunch of like little things, like a little, a bunch of little tiny things that have really kind of stuck out to me this year that, um, you know, coffee talk Two came out this year. It's yeah. a really special game to me. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff. It's, it's been a, like, for me, it's been a good, like, AAA hasn't really been hidden, but like, you know, the vast majority of the stuff that I've brought today has been indie. And I think like, it's been for me a really strong year for indies. Um, 
So I'm I'm kind of good on that front at least. Like they they got me. Yeah. So I guess as like a, a, a closer to the conversation in general, even though not everyone's here anymore. I don't need to ask set this set this question. I already know his answer, but like major games you're looking forward to the rest of the year, just as a, a little um, little closer. I don't think there's anything coming. I feel a little disappointed <laughs> by the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, nothing been, coming it's, at all. It's been it's been tough. I think um, post Nintendo Direct, I was pre Nintendo Direct. I honestly would that probably would have been my answer, like unironically. Yeah. Um, with no Silk Song, or like no Silk Song on there, and there there always will be stuff. You know what I mean? I, I'm being ridiculous because I feel like something comes out next week that I'm already like, oh, I gotta get ready. Oh, Ghost Trick is out next week. Um, let's go. Oh, tomorrow. Okay, sorry, y'all. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, all in is doing a giveaway. I tagged you in it. Go retweet yeah. it. You might win it. Yeah. Yeah, get in there. You might get it. Let's not, go. not too many. Yeah, not too many entries. You might. You, you got a better Ooh. than zero chance. Um, like 100 entries. Damn, that's good, though. Um, yeah, I, I th- obviously think everything in October. I mean, I think Spider-Man was low for me. I'm curious about the Pikmin 4 demo. It seems like people enjoy it and the, that today yeah the yeah. demo is pretty meaty I, I saw somebody say three hours oh i didn't know that that's so, cool though like i, I downloaded yeah it. no i hear it's huge uh my wife and i are gonna play it co-op because we played pikmin 3 on switch completely co-op and it's one of the best co-op experiences i've ever had it fucking rules and i'm really excited about a pikmin 4 with co-op i think obviously the pikmin looks cool not sold i mean warrior wear mario wonder uh mario rpg I'm trying to think if there's anything else spider-man <sighs> fuck spider-man's lower on that list though definitely sonic obviously i've got to get sonic sonic I superstars yeah. <laughs> that's the only game the uh, only game i have pre-ordered the rest of the year so really yeah. excited about that it's all that's where all my funds have been going right now um but no, I think that's, I think that's for me. That's I'm sure I'm forgetting some major stuff. But definitely, I, I would kill to have Mario now. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be a, yeah. an incredible summer. Like beat the heat, stay inside, play that a little bit, and I th- it'll be it, it'll hit by the time it's in October. I think it's a little too close for to Zelda for you know. I think I'd be a little overshadowing each other. But no, I I can't wait. Yeah, I I will say. Um... Stephanie, whenever the fuck that's coming, that's probably oh, yeah. yeah my most anticipated thing the rest of the year. Um, yeah, Mario Wonder is going to be incredible. I have zero doubt. Um, I feel like I'm I'm the biggest Mario RPG naysayer in this group. You're probably. kind of a hater. Probably yet, true. Yeah. I, I, I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, I really want to see too. what they do with it. I want to see, I, I want to hear the music. It's probably the biggest thing. Um, yeah. I'm hoping they made some changes to the battle system and made it... I don't know. Mario RPG, the original, just feels to me like a 16-bit Squaresoft game with a Mario uh, paint job, which is fine. That's still cool, and it has its own unique vibe because of that, but it never hit the peak for me of like Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi of feeling like an actual full-fledged Mario RPG. Um, but yeah, I'm... I on in some ways maybe because it's more of a known quantity I'm kind of looking forward to that more again despite more than Mario Wonder I mean despite the fact that yeah on my grand Mario RPG hierarchy it's pretty near the bottom but I think it looks pretty cool Yeah man yeah I I get like butterflies thinking about Mario Wonder like I'm so invested in that game it's ridiculous I like 
I'm I'm more excited about that game than I was for Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Like full stop. Same. Um and and also like between that, Stephanie and Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, like those like those are probably going to be like my, you know, th- like between those three and Tears of the Kingdom, like those are my top four games of the year, almost certainly. Mm-hmm. You know? No and, switch. Like, yeah, no switch in there. I saw we I, I linked it into our group chat and I go like we gotta check on Seth, make sure he's okay. I literally was like, yo, that that's a huge bummer. I mean, I, I feel like I get it, but then I'm also like at this point it seems like all almost every game of that, you know, of that certain caliber comes to everything. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see, man. We'll see. Wait, are you are you talking about Bomber Cyberpunk? Yeah. Oh no, that's coming to Switch. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's coming to Switch. What are, what are the an indie world? Yeah, what it, the, it, it wasn't an indie world. I forgot about that. What are the yeah, what are, no, I, what the, are the text? They confirmed the, the that it's Twitter coming thing? to other platforms. I think. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I miss I misread that. I misread that. Okay, I thought we were coming in here with a gotcha. I thought we no, were. No, no, no. I thought no, we, I was going to be like, yeah. I, I when you said no switch, I thought you were being sarcastic. Like, oh, none of your like all the games I mentioned are switch games. So I thought you were being <laughs> like, ah, oh, no switch love from Seth. Um. No, yeah, that one that one's coming to Switch and it's coming to Switch first. It's Switch and PC when it drops August eighteenth, okay. and then it's coming to PlayStation Xbox. That later. makes a lot more sense based on that tweet now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't I can't fucking wait for that game, man. It looks like it looks incredible. It looks like exactly what I want. And you know, I mentioned in this chat, I think earlier, how much I love Jet Set Radio Future. So the fact that somebody's just like making that again, mm-hmm. basically, um, is like, yeah, I can't wait. Oh, the Metal Gear Solid collection. Oh, yeah, can't yeah. forget that. I kind of I'm hyped for that too. I kind of forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's I love those games. I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't feel that much hype for it right now. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I really want to replay two because it's been so long since I've Me played too. two. Whereas like three, I've played that to death. Um, but yeah, it's oh, Pokemon Sleep too. I thought you were going to say the Pokemon Detective DLC. Detective Pikachu, though. Oh, yeah, Detective Pikachu. I will say that trailer was, was kind of... Uh, like It was mid? a weird trailer. Mid? It was, yeah, it was, it was mid. It was mid. I'll, I'll give it that. It was it was like a weird, like, vibes trailer. Like, it was showing, like, locations and... But that, I do love that about Detective Pikachu, though. Like, how it's like, hey, here's this Milkery working in a cafe. Right. And, like, yeah. here's this Politoed singing karaoke. Like, I'm kind of into that. Um, I love the first Detective Pikachu. Um, so yeah, that was, I've been wanting that to finally get confirmed for forever. So yeah, I'm very hyped for that. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. My wife loves the first one too, but yeah, she watched the trailer yeah. for the second one. She was just kind of like, Hmm. So I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I love the slow poke with the hat. That's about all I needed to see. Pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think that's about it. This podcast i think is somehow maybe longer than the tears of the kingdom one despite the fact that we didn't really talk about tears of the kingdom uh in this one yeah um but yeah i i, I guess we'll end it there and colin what do you have any parting words or are you eating again <laughs> no i don't i don't really think um there's anything else to add in addition to what you guys already talked about well stephanie's my big thing i'm looking forward yeah. to soon yeah like it's such a fucking bummer like i keep the whole reason we're doing this podcast 
is because I didn't want to do a new game. I'm like, come on, just give me Stephanie, and I don't want to be in the middle of something else when Stephanie drops. Um, it's got to be any day now, man. That's the thing. Like they, we're going to be sitting like here in October yeah, yeah. saying the same thing. <laughs> this any is the new silk now. song. This is the new silk song. I can't do this. We can't. It's we can't keep up. talking about it. We, hey, man, you ready for it? Hey, man, I'm ready. When they announce that, it's coming what's it's Chinese to... democracy all over again. It's Chinese democracy <laughs> all over. Yeah, psyop. Yeah. <laughs> the crime family. We all knew it. The Stephanie Switchport is a psyop. We we've confirmed yeah. it here. I hope to God it isn't. That's the that's the scariest <laughs> thing. But like it's it's you you really hope that is not the case. It's the psyop I'm most scared of. Um <laughs> with, with that said, I guess I'm gonna end the podcast now. Thank you all for listening and thanks y'all for coming out. Thanks, Ian and Hunter, for being here and having to go. I wish we had a better schedule for recording these things, but uh, <laughs> thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.